0: well we may not be in Austin, Texas but we're here to talk to not we, Dom. yep uh,
1: what's going on in Austin, Texas apart uh, from RTX
0: right now it's just RTX uh, right now, so yeah. it was just a, the kind of lead into uh, the first thing I wanted to get your, your story on or your opinion on was uh, misbehaving Rooster fans I think that's the most charitable way to put it so okay. Uh, this is
1: a general rule of thumb. You should never misbehave at a convention because yeah. I've come across people who have, and I should legally be allowed to punch you fuckers in the face because you take it too far every time. I'm looking at you, Deadpool cosplayers.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, well, someone. Fuckers. Actually, it's weird that you tell about taking it too far. I think this is actually the source because we're talking about this uh, incident with uh, a fellow RT fan last night. And, uh, well, there's been two incidents one of which was uh, are you aware of the, the moon ball thing that Achievement Hunter do? yeah it's like a highly like a really detailed rubberized ball that they throw it's
1: designed to just not shot Gavin Free time yeah. after
0: time they actually home in on his nuts he doesn't know this yet but they do yeah. um, so the, the, the running thing has been that you have a, a moonball in the office and you can throw it if you follow the following rules one it's not directly thrown at someone because that's cheating mm-hmm. the idea is you get to bounce it off of the wall and you must call all moon balls there are rules to these type of things um and it's a good laugh because everyone in the office knows what's going on and if somebody shouts moonball you just fucking duck and hope it doesn't hit anywhere sensitive. So no, not sure. uh, This week during RTX they're doing a lot of achievement hunter live stuff including some they're an actual achievement hunter live which is just them doing the usual achievement hunter shtick in front of a live audience for like a couple hundred people maybe even a couple thousand people. It's been a, an interesting project that they've developed and it really does help change them from being. Uh, Kind of regular content creators to a performance in their own rights mm. and it started a couple of years back there's actually a, an RT documentary about the the process of making AH Live which will become um, uh, Let's Play Live okay. which is how they kind of sell it now Is because they involve people from the Let's Play family of uh, people they, they now work with but it started off as just being Achievement Hunter and every now and again for conventions they'll do Achievement Hunter Live where it's just Achievement Hunter guys doing Achievement Hunter things, mm-hmm. and someone lobbed in a moonball at a couple of members of the, uh, the the team when they were on stage. Okay. Just somebody from the audience just shouted "moonball" and lobbed the ball into the stage performance, like they were part of the act. And I think we talked about taking things too far. Um, we we're talking about the with a friend uh, just saying, uh, like I th- we think it's people want to get in on the act. Yeah, people want to feel like because these are like internet content creators are some people's best friends in a way it's not a healthy relationship it's not one I'd recommend but some people view things that way where they say oh I I watch all the achievement videos they're like my best friend therefore if I do dumb shit they'll love it as much as I love them doing dumb shit so somebody loved the moon ball I think it hit like a beer out of Gavin's hand and then bounced onto like Ryan's head or something like that like what the total fucking cunt move and uh, it resulted in RTX's official Twitter having to put out a statement saying if you throw things at our talent or at our staff or at other members and like patrons of the convention you will be removed and no refund will be given
1: quite rightly Uh, my thoughts on it just taking you back to the whole uh, people see them as their best friends I think when you're so public and you're so readily available people can just you can go on YouTube right now and type in Gavin Free Moonball or Achievement Hunter uh, Moonball and you can watch that shit people want to be in on the act people think that it's a shared joke between Mm. just them people get people get very Possessive about yeah. shit like that because no, Moonball my thing. Yeah. And then when they go, to the or Moonball's our
0: thing, like yeah. ours as in like the the viewer yeah. and me with Achievement Hunter.
1: Yeah, this is right. our private thing. Yeah, and then when they go to the stage, they, they just think, oh, I'm going to this. They're going to find this so funny, but in actuality, you just come across as a bit of a douche. Yeah, and a bit cunny.
0: And uh, we've I've been talking about the uh, the this like family members. We're talking about like the fact that stalking was a lot more rare, or maybe it just wasn't discussed as much. It's kind of hard to tell. Which way it was going? Uh, that, but I don't remember being that many. There's a, occasionally obsessive people, people who have uh, mental requirements that need to be met, yeah. um, like people who have unhealthy obsessions with people and stalk them because they're famous in movies. Mm. But I don't think it, I think we'll see more of that as we uh, as we get onto more con- like personality based content. Yeah, and there's a lot more of that will come up, and I think it's like unhealthy obsessions because. The, uh, the things that are being made are based around a, a person's actual personality. You feel closer to the actual people making the, uh, the movie or, or making these YouTube videos and I think it's things like this are a little indicator of bigger issues to come. Uh, the second thing that happened was that um, it was during they do theatre mode live mm-hmm. as well which is like the theatre mode uh, video is actually pretty good. It's, you sit down for like kind of commentary on a, 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 an old movie so it's kind
1: of Mystery Science Theatre yeah right, it
0: was heavily inspired by Mystery Science Theatre and they've uh, actually that came back on Netflix don't know if you know that
1: yeah uh, they brought it back but with Jonah Hill yeah playing the main character
0: so they've been working on um, doing that, and they started doing that live as well, including bringing one of the directors for one of the movies in to rip his own movie to shreds, and that guy took it like a champ, <laughs> and actually got in on it because it's uh, they use deliberately like schlocky movies. Yeah. So it was uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It's well received. It's a it's an interesting uh, way of making content, and uh, it's 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 good. It's a good show. Um, but they had an issue where uh, the movie didn't play. So it then just became like a an hour long, like kind of improvised stage kind of comedy show. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point, one of the uh, people in started just yelling shit at Alfredo Diaz, who is a member of Achievement Hunter. Who's a I love Alfredo. He's he's a great member of the cast.
1: I did watch an episode of Funhouse where they played Apex Legends, and he had a stupidly he is stupidly great kill uh, kill streak.
0: I, I don't know if he actually played in like MLG or anything like that, but he is a pro tier gamer. Yeah. yeah. Um, they actually had a good thing. Uh, they did. they did like a series of sponsored videos, where he was trying to push for platinum on Rainbow Six Siege, which is one of the hardest and like most competitive environments in PC gaming right now. Mm-hmm. Is this and he was uh, it was used to show off a, a fancy computer that I think it was uh oh, who's it? I think it's like HP's. Well, oh, the Omen. Uh, the series. Omen series, yeah, I think they were trying to sh- uh, showcase one of those. Um, but they just use it all and like look uh do you want to take one more crack at going like top tier player because the diamond tier is like 0.1 percent on the the player base it's absurd yeah my brother's not trying to do it every year i think they've, they've managed it twice Fuck. at least every season they reset the status and you got to try and get like a a winner the, the, like the actual rate of winning you have to achieve is like you can lose two games out of maybe 15. If you want to try and achieve diamond tier,
1: that seems way too much of an investment.
0: It's it gets frustrating, and uh, but he's 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 a great part of the cast. He's he fills in that kind of uh, actually good at games uh, qualification that sometimes you need in a group like achievement hunter. And he would just somebody would somebody just yelling shit him like absolute abuse, yeah. like not just about heckling and stuff, but somebody just say to just go after Alfredo. And I'm like, why would yeah. you heckle? It? But again, I think it's that thing of people want to feel like part of the gang. Yeah, people
1: people don't see that there's boundaries it's weird to think that it's weird that we now think that but people don't see boundaries with people online take the Alana Pierce thing people just seen oh pretty woman on social media she's clearly open to things I'm going to she likes video games I like video games yeah, I'm going to talk to her then I'm going to you know, obsessively stalk her for yeah. decades there's no there's no barrier between the person watching the videos or uh, looking at the pictures mm. and the person posting them and then they just think, "Oh well, I've spoke I've sent him a couple of Twitter messages. We're friends. I can shout whatever the fuck I want to him. He's public. He'll take it." Yeah. And it's it's a very very sad state of affairs that we're now in. Yeah. That people just feel that it's comfortable to just heckle the shit out of people on stage because yeah. you got to imagine it's fucking nerve wracking for people to do this. Yeah. No matter how many times yeah. you go
0: up there as well, like there's always going to be those uh, pre like the pre fight jitters. Yeah, the pre show jitters. Like yeah. the you could. The best example, the best uh,
1: allegory I've heard for this is you could go on stage and perform a piece of drama, a piece of theater a thousand times, mm. but there's nothing stopping you getting nerves a thousand and one times. Yeah, it's always going to be there because there's always that worry, what if I fuck up? Yeah, that person who's going up to perform does not need you going, Hey Alfredo, you're like a gamer, mate, or shouting whatever yeah. cunty bullshit he did at him. Yeah, just uh, think about yeah. it. People don't think about things nowadays. Yeah. Just, they don't engage the brain before they start shouting guttural feral sounds at people.
0: Yeah, and it's a shame because it's happening within like the received community, which yeah. I know is being a great community. Yeah, there's there's oddballs, there's there's issues that will happen yeah. inevitably when you have a group of a certain size. But at the same time, you were just kind of hoping that we wouldn't have to deal with this type yeah. of bullshit. We wouldn't need a statement from RTX's official Twitter saying, "Hey, don't throw shit at the people we've uh, we've brought out to entertain you."
1: I also think it's kind of a respect issue as well. Yeah, because obviously we come from the era where it's just no matter what you respect people Yeah, you, they could be from a different walk of life they could have a disability they could be different sexual orientation you fucking respect them I don't think there's any of that nowadays I think pe- parents nowadays are dropping the fucking ball mm. they just there's no respect and then when they see again it's all to do with this public persona they just think oh they're out in the public anyway mm. they're used to being disrespected I'm going to continue to disrespect them
0: maybe respect the barrier between a private life and a life lived on the internet as the yeah. maintainer but I think and people are struggling with that
1: ultimately it's just their choice or their choice of job to make money Yeah, this is how they've chosen to make money let them do it without harassment because you wouldn't harass a construction worker on site mm. you wouldn't harass a lawyer in an office you wouldn't harass a scientist in a lab Yeah, why would you harass someone performing live again yeah. it's different for stand up because that's kind of part of their job they yeah. need to prepare for heckles but at the same point if someone's doing a stage show
0: let them let them rock out yeah. don't be a dick let the performance happen don't heckle and it- I I just don't see what you would get out of an experience where you're like, yeah, I was that one guy who just yelled shit at Alfredo Diaz that one time. Yeah. You know, I I think the the right move was the uh, we'll will eject you and you will receive no refund. So
1: this uh, the 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 don't be a dick of the week is those, those two dickheads from <laughs> from, RTX. from uh, RTX. Don't be a dick. Don't don't piss on people when they're trying to just you know give you a good show.
0: It's not hard. Yeah, yeah. respect
1: is not hard. It's very, very easy to do. you just shut up. If shout out when it's appropriate. Audience participation is always very fun. Yeah. But not just when they're sitting there talking about the movie. Don't just say, oh Alfredo or throw a fucking moonball at people. That's just yeah. especially if you're going to knock a beer at someone's hand. That's yeah. just dickhead.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what is said and done about this because I, on the one hand, I don't think it would be discussed by members of RT. I think members of the community, like myself, should be discussing it and yeah. throwing it down and saying like disgusting, abhorrent behaviour. Uh, maybe fucking slow your roll there you fucking yeah. bitch by all um, means
1: you don't want to crush the, the level of participation but you yeah. want to police it a bit
0: you, you do want to make sure it's being everyone's participating in a way that's actually beneficial as yeah. opposed to being a twat
1: you want to be ex- inclusive of everybody but you want to be exclusive of dickhead yeah. behaviour
0: but at the same time I think this really we won't see much from uh, RT about this yeah. because that's it is dickish, it is jealous and I don't think they want to give it attention, and give it more kind of air. I think you might get has. some of the
1: hosts having a little jab at it but I don't think they. will no, be I, much. I
0: don't think they, they do that no. I think that's a bit much, I think that's the just the right amount of oxygen this thing needs to become an issue yeah. and you would see it happen again the next year and the next year after that because I think they're very good at policing that internally in a way, I don't think we'd see too much information coming about it but at the same time I want to hear from uh, people who they were there and find out what's going on because I'll be I'll be checking through the Twitter and trying to find out what actually happened, mm. what was said, what was uh, I mean I know that about the ball incident, but I didn't know anything about what was actually said to Alfredo because the thing as well is that he is of an ethnic minority, so if someone was yelling yeah. that shit at him, yeah, get that fucker rejected. now we don't have any time or place for that in our T community. Yeah. So you just I, need, yeah,
1: you need to, you need deal with that shit. It's it's a very fine line to tread because you could start policing things. You're saying don't shout that, but where does the, you need to find that little sweet spot yeah. of you know keeping the the talent and the the hosts and stuff safe mm. and curtailing what the crowd can shout at people. Yeah, but I mean the people, at Rooster say are smart guys, smart women, men and women. They know what they're doing. They yeah. just need to talk to the people, and I don't think they're totally unreasonable. The no. fans, they can they'll be able to say hey, you took that too far make sure it doesn't happen again
0: and these are just outliers I mean this is one of the first incidents I've ever really heard of coming yeah. out of an RTX like this I just think it's a couple of outliers but it needs to yeah. be it needs to be dealt with properly and hopefully we get things all sorted out and we don't have to reflect on this much more than we already have probably a couple of fucking
1: Kyles anyway
0: yeah a bunch of Kyles yeah. monster energy drinks Fuck em. <laughs> We both had monster today. That's yeah, that's I a had had bad. You had, had monster, monster during our uh, recording of a Stranger Things yep. episode, and I had monster this morning. I was yeah. just I got those tall cans. The whole,
1: yeah, the, the tall tins are are bad. I used to think it was only three milliliters extra you got, but it's fifty three milliliters. Regular tin is five hundred milliliters. The mega monsters they are mega monsters. Five hundred fifty three. There's A lot of drinking
0: in there. It's you should know the thing about these energy drinks is that they, they feel bad like the oh, Red yeah. Red Bull feels bad but it's small enough that you don't notice yeah it's in you before you realize oh I just did that to myself <laughs> yeah. oh I should have just had a coffee oh I shouldn't shouldn't have done yeah. that
1: just a couple of sugars and a tea and guarantee you feel so much better than you would if you just drank a whole tin of monster
0: yeah but the Red Bull's gone before you realize it a can of monster by the time you get to the end of it you think oh that was this is this is a mistake but I mean I'm almost finished it yeah. by the time you're like halfway through a mega monster you think. I'm gonna die, and I can this feel is my, gonna
1: be on the death certificate. I can feel my insides liquefying. Oh. But the same, the, the reason why I had the monster during the Stranger Things recording is uh, I have an abscess right at the back here, Fuck. and it's all infected and swollen and stuff. So I'm on these uh, antibiotics to reduce the swelling and the infection. Mm-hmm. Fucking things wipe me out, man. Yeah, I'm on one, uh, one pill three times a day. You know, dinner, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm and I'm telling you by the time I take one after dinner I'm ready for bed Yeah, <laughs> they just wipe me the fuck out so that's why the monster was there
0: that's so strange that uh, an antibiotic has that level of effect it's
1: because I don't take them often mm. I, I really don't take them I try and avoid any kind of medication really because I like to give blood regularly so I like to have that shit clean ah right and I've been told that after about two weeks and the next donation's in the middle of August so I'll be fine but mm. after two weeks I'm taking the pills I'll be able to purge them all yeah but yeah I'm, I don't like taking Antibiotics or medications Really? I'd rather just sleep it off, or you know, yeah, take some water and hopefully that kicks. And go from go for the the homeopathic uh, yeah, remedies.
0: Maybe, maybe we don't go that far. I maybe. say that,
1: but I say that in the sense that I will just drink water instead of taking medication because yeah. that's all homeopathy is, yeah. you fucks.
0: The, the, <laughs> no, but it was it was it was water that's been left in starlight for 48 hours. Yeah, it so water
1: that's filtered through diamonds. It costs you seventy two thousand dollars a bottle. <laughs> ah, fucking, I hate shows like that my mum started watching them and my sister-in-law she, they, they talk about them all the time like, oh did you hear about this show they went to America and they went in a bar and they bought a shot that was $72,000 first and foremost a shot takes you less than three seconds to drink even if it's a tall shot less than three seconds to drink Yeah. you're literally drinking $72,000 $72,000 sort your shit out drink makers stop I'm making them sorry. so expensive
0: I. I th- it's frustrating <laughs> that's yeah. what it is it's frustrating that my my reference point for this is always whiskey because scottish uh but the, yep. the the value of a whiskey comes from its aging process yeah and it's because it's how long it spends in barrels because it doesn't age in uh in terms of like once it's in the bottle' that's it, it's done yeah nothing ages in the bottle ages in the barrels so it takes in the flavor of the barrel so I when you have uh, like a 70 how much time is 72 grand for a, a bottle let alone a shot because yeah. I mean, let's assume there's a bit of bar inflation here. The actual cost of the bottle would be about one hundred and fifty grand. Yeah, it's. How much time is a bottle worth in that sense? Like, yeah. it, it, how
1: long do you have to let it age to be worth that money?
0: Like when you get to stuff like cognac, that it takes like a hundred years. Yeah, it takes hundred years for something to be worth even kind of close to that amount of money. It's just ah, oh, that's, that's you're paying for the experience. Actually, in t- in terms of whiskey news, did you hear that a Jim Beam factory blew up? I did not hear that. No. There was an entire factory. They lost about 45,000 barrels or something like that. Yeah. Blew up somewhere in the U.S. I was like, "Oh my god!" What like that? that I can't wait for there to be a shortage of whiskey because of fucking, <laughs> a fucking a factory blew up.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine Jim Beam would make that much of a dent because i had Jim Beam recently. Yeah, it's better than Jack Daniels, but I don't know how high that ranks it because Jack Daniels is good drinking whiskey. With a mixer. It's not great straight. Oh, no. Jack Daniels is horrible. Gentleman Jack. Oh, yes. single The single barrel stuff. That stuff's good without a mixer.
0: The single barrel, the, the, uh, there is actually a single barrel The the Masters collection. Mm. Oh, my God. What the fuck did you people do? Yeah. Regular Jack we- Daniels. Not yeah. great.
1: Jim Beam's kind of a step above that. It's good yeah. on its own, but more often than not, you will just need to mix it with some cola or something. Yeah. Those drinks are designed to be mixed.
0: Yeah it's mass produced it's the I think it was being it's going to change now because the alcohol pricing keeps going up again yeah, the uh, alcohol pricing. the the 15 quid bottle yeah that's I where I think the limit is same with vodka same with rum same with uh, tequila or same with whiskey if you have a 15 dollar bottle it, or 15 pound bottle sorry it's not that big a deal the flavour isn't great yeah I mean you're paying 13 pound for one of the little half bottles
2: mhm
1: the half bottles that you'd go into your granny's house and you'd see on the little yeah. little stand thing that all grandparents have yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous it's, I wonder where they get them do you just do you get a bus pass flat <laughs> cap and the little nightstand to put your whiskeys <laughs> and stuff on yeah that's it's it, it is always the cheaper whiskey it's probably one of the worst wh- first whiskies that you get introduced to because it was my first whiskey yeah but then I was given Black Label Jim Beam not too long after and it floored me but I was like no get rid of Jack Daniels yeah give me the Black Label Jim yeah. Beam lost a whole day on that shit <laughs>
0: <laughs> try the devil's cup
1: the devil's cup it's a
0: bit higher percentage it is a fucking monster
1: have you dr- have you tried the red stag Jim Beam?
0: yes the cherry one yeah it's, it's okay for you, someone who likes Dr Pepper I thought it was delicious the I thought it was great have you tried the apple one? no disgusting. It sounds it. It is a serious problem. It should not be consumed by humans. It's like the, the honey Jack Daniels anyone who tries to give me that no. I should spot them with the empty. I found this was, this was going to be my summer drink but I never really bothered actually in you know, getting the bottles getting the drinks and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. It's uh, a lot of work Jack Daniels honey with uh, peach iced tea it is so
1: smooth. That sounds like it could really work but it's the fact that there's not really much of a burn yeah. with Jack Daniel's honey you need the burn on the whiskey to know that you've been drinking whiskey. it's yeah. a very smooth sweet it's, whiskey. it would be
0: very deceptive if you put in a lot of ice as well put in a lot of ice a lot of iced tea and just a good measure of Jack Daniel's honey you could just the whole summer and you would not realise you'd be drunk for like 7 days in a row <laughs> it sounds like the kind of drink that when you touch
1: down in Atlanta, Georgia yeah. they just serve you that so here's some Jack Daniels honey with some peach tea you have yourself a good time now
0: you have yourself a good time
1: enjoy the barbecue <laughs> you're just sitting there sipping you're probably serving one of those little mason jars yeah I, I'm I, not gonna lie I'm kind of intrigued I want to try that now it's, it's good we'll get it sorted out actually uh, for Christmas last year I bought my parents one of those uh, coffee machines the Dolce Gusto coffee machines yes which I fucking hate because those little coffee pods don't biodegrade <laughs> alright <laughs> they yeah. do not biodegrade they're a real problem pretty fucking bad
0: but that, we're losing the planet one coffee at a time yeah
1: and that's the problem I don't drink much coffee those coffees are delicious yeah ridiculous but you can make you get little um, pods for iced tea so I've been making some iced tea pods at nice and because uh, I, I still drink regular tea because I, I enjoy just a little like, hot cup of builder's tea every so often yeah pretty damn good but just during the summer there's nothing more refreshing than an ice cold glass of say peach a uh, peach tea or just regular iced tea yeah it's fucking great
0: so. I'll get it sorted for you next. Next time you're up for the podcast, we'll yeah. get it sorted, and I'll, you'll be sitting there going, "God damn it, I, I, I'm going to ruin the entire evening of my life just <laughs> drinking this one glass at a time."
1: Yeah, it does sound pretty refreshing.
0: A refreshment is the name of the game, kids. Yeah, it's not always about being drunk; it's about the yeah. You can just that's what
1: bugs me because uh, a few of my uh, one of my younger cousins is now of that age where he just wants to go and get fucking hammered all the time. He turned eighteen. In fact, no, I think he might have turned twenty-one. And now he just wants to go out and get fucking hammered all the time. He's, I was gu-
0: I was gonna say kids these days, but kids back in our day as well.
1: Yeah, just I think the minute you hit your teenage years, you just like right, fuck video games, fuck comic books. I want to go out and get smashed. <laughs> uh, but uh, just, he's so he just he so desperately wants to go out and get drunk. And he we were at a sort of family get together, and he just started drinking weird concoctions. Like he had a cider, a Asahi beer. And cola, and he called it some weird concoction. I was like, that's just going to rot your stomach, dude. Like, <laughs>
0: all of those should be drank separately from the other ones.
1: Yeah. So what is this combination? Oh, we call it the fuck up or something. I like, aye, because it will fuck you up. Drink Why some regular is the shit. cola in there? I don't know. I think he just had some shit left in him, and I'm going to try this boy's hair sip.
0: Like, a high beer. Very good. Yeah. Good and hot, nah, cider. Good in the hot day. With cola.
1: Yeah. Nah. It's
0: disgusting. You done fucked up, kids.
1: Yeah. They just stick to your regular drinks and don't just drink to get fucked up as well that was my original point but then yeah. I got sidetracked on how angry that drink made me he's always just like oh we go out and we got absolutely fucked up I was like, can you not just enjoy a drink can you well, see my feet at the end of the night yeah. it's bright I was wearing bright <laughs> white shoes and I thought I was floating I was like okay that's good but did you enjoy the drink that you had No, nah, mate I had two bottles of white shite I spent four quid I was like, okay how, how long did you have to wait in the hospital to get your stomach pumped Ugh. that shit's paint thinner don't fucking drink if it's in a shop and it's in, under £4, and it's labelled cider. Yeah. Strongbow, White Lightning, White Star, don't fucking buy it. That's one to grown on from Uncle Dom. Yeah.
0: And I will say that there was, was an old hint from uh, The Rock way back in the day, and he was saying about uh, the, the top shelf stuff, you recover better from top shelf beer, and top shelf booze. Yeah. Better than the, the cheaper, like, non-brand stuff. And I will say, having spent most of last night drinking What's Evangelion uh, with a bottle of Maker's Mark, can confirm. Oh yeah. smart marks so fucking good. I want to talk about a quality whiskey. God damn. Yeah.
1: Although I did recently try a uh, Knob Creek whiskey. Ooh. Weird name. Funny name. If Funny. you're a man than I am. But yeah. ridiculously good. Because uh, at the same time sort I of finally get together with my wee cousin and like, I had the bottle of Knob Creek with me. Yeah. I just kept saying who wants a bit of Knob? You want some Knob? <laughs> you you, want, want, some, want, some you knob? want some Knob? You want some Knob
0: in some dumb snob, Knob Dom's Knob Creek he wants some Dom's snob? <laughs> and, and we was, have
1: the episode title that was endlessly amusing <laughs> and they were okay you need to go home I was like I know before you've had some of my Knob <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. family get together when you have a whiskey involved gets very fucking yeah. funny very I, I
1: never usually go to them but I thought oh, fuck I might as well go to this one Yeah,
0: I got the money for the booze to keep me going yeah. through this I'll I make have make some go. booze at the house yeah. speaking of money I wanted to get your opinion on another thing that happened okay. recently with the internet um, it was actually, this is the a, a story about Boogie2988 ok, I, you just preface this by
1: I know who Boogie2988 is Yeah, Francis um, uh, lost a ton of weight
0: yeah, looking not too bad for himself but it seems like there's I don't know what it is, I think he's just pissed off Reddit and all the evil is being found but uh, all his, like he has some weird thing about uh, escorts uh, he apparently, he no, I I hope you're talking about four escorts, no. The car. No, all no. oh,
1: right. Well, we will get to cars in a minute. Paid female escorts.
0: Yep. Uh, which was, I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it. I mean, who gives a shit? As long as you know nobody's getting hurt. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Do your thing, dog. Um, just don't get caught because I don't think it's legal. No, it's not. So <laughs> we, he apparently just has very abusive relationships with escorts. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but that's also has been dug up from Reddit. Can't verify it. Can't really comment it. But if it's true, holy shit, that's. Really horrific for somebody that's a very friendly, approachable YouTuber. Um, yeah, seems a bit two faced and based on the fact that his divorce was pretty messy and pretty much based on abusive psychological behavior. Yeah, not a great look for a guy who's the, the, the friendly face of YouTube. Yeah, and this one's really weird because he was on a live stream complaining that he was basically upsold on a Tesla, like someone showed him a Tesla and he goes, God have a go mate, I'll be fine, like, he was inducted into the cult of Tesla, All right. and May and it went and bought a hundred grand worth of car that he realised he couldn't pay for as he was driving out of the dealership Fuck. and is now dedicating massive chunks of his stream to, like, saying guys, I need the money, like, the shilling is next level, I'll show you, i send you the link to the video, it's pretty bad, it's like a ten minute thing of him being like, look I fell for the salesman's thing, but I'm not going to walk it back. I'm not going to try and take it back to the dealership or get the, get the contract cancelled or anything like that, or show any kind of remorse. I'm just going to make you guys pay for it. And you got to say, as much as you know. Okay, first things first. <laughs> okay. Every
1: contract has a built-in 48 hour cooling-off period when you can take the item back. Mm-hmm. It's particularly only in consumer contracts, and this is—I'm pretty sure this is global. Yeah. Any part of the country, you can take your car back. Or take the car back, take the item back and say, Look, I've had a change of thought. I've had a look at my finances. I cannot pay for this. Yeah. Secondly, fuck your pride. You can't pay for the car. Take it back. Yes. (laughs) Do not be a dick and bankrupt yourself.
0: It is a hundred grand car, it's a lot of money. So if you want to say, I can't afford this car, it's quite reasonable. And yeah, you might get laughed at that Prius or the fucking Tesla dealership for being one of the poor people. But at the same time, you will be able to, you know. Pay for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, you'll be able to pay for food and shit.
0: Yeah, and uh, I I was listening, I watched the video, and I think myself, how does someone who's quite, again, sold, sells himself on the idea of being sensible, of being a you know sensible, relatable person on YouTube, find himself being upsold, on the idea of a car? Yeah. To the point where you're dropping a hundred grand you can't afford. Same thing happened. To and not the, by a salesman, by a friend.
1: By a friend. Yes. Okay first things first get rid, of, get rid of the friend that's your <laughs> shitty friend uh, but that also happened to uh, do you know who Darkseid Phil is? the world's worst gamer uh,
0: I think I've heard of him the but king I'm of not hate.
1: familiar with him he calls himself the king of hate genuinely the world's worst video gamer it took him 108 episodes 20 to 30 minute episodes to beat Metal Gear Solid 3 right 15 of those episodes I am positive are him doing one boss fight I I was convinced at one point that this is an act. I've watched all his just chatting live streams that have been uploaded to YouTube. Yeah. It's not an act. This guy is just simple. <laughs> this guy it's is simple. this guy is simple beyond belief. I'm pretty sure he has to get watched at all times, but he bought a I think he bought a similar uh, similar situation a boogie. He bought a thousand dollar a hundred thousand dollar car, BMW, that he can't pay for and every time he's live streaming on Twitch. All he says is guys I'm needing donations next car payment's coming up I need your help Yeah. How would you back yourself into that kind the of corner?
0: I think it's a weird part of uh, uh, an, I think it, that's
1: a status thing yeah. as well But
0: Tesla is part of being the cult and part of a status symbol and you're going to stay with the planet yada 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 yeah. Do you really need to
1: play Mario Kart on your car though?
0: I don't think that's the main selling point but at the same time I think it's part of like an instant gratification uh, issue that we have where people are just too used to just getting what they want and they'll figure it out later yeah if you're gonna like if you're gonna make money for youtube and make money for twitch and live stream stuff that's fine if you want to ask your people for donations to do stuff that's fine but going out and just putting kind of the cart before the horse and saying well i bought 100 grand worth of stuff you guys are gonna pay me for it is the fucking dumbest thing i've ever heard how has someone not let that happen to themselves where they think well this is acceptable
1: yeah, my fans will help me.
0: Yeah, I'll dig. They'll dig me at this. Yeah, so no. be
1: fair, if someone said that, if I was following someone and they said, "Look, guys, my mortgage needs paid. You guys need to pay me," I would unsubscribe immediately. Yeah, I'd be like, "Fuck you! You don't deserve my." If it's on Twitch, four ninety nine a month.
0: Yeah, I I, th- I think one of the worst videos that I've ever seen was uh, Colossal's crazys video on the amazing atheist mm-hmm. who turned maximum shell every couple months on something new he's working on. And uh, there's some other stuff in that video, like uh, The Amazing Atheist burning his boil, b- burning his balls with oil.
1: Burning his balls?
0: Yes. Apparently that's his kink. Uh, and shoving a banana up his ass. Right. Which is a weird thing for him to do, but apparently it leaked out on Pornhub. And uh, he's not denying it's him. He's actually okay with it being him and that being footage. But he keeps accidentally releasing footage on dropping burning oil on himself. Okay, I don't want to kink shame, but you're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah, you're gonna like you may need uh, medical attention after you. Each room. to your own,
1: but you're gonna hurt yourself, dog.
0: Yeah, but every time he could, he would invest himself in a new uh, project or need some new equipment or need something like. At one point, he was just, "Hey, can you guys just like pay me some money so I've got money for a date tonight?" You're like, dude, like understand your financial situation before yeah. you start shit
1: financial responsibility is something that I just assumed everybody knew because that yeah. from day one I've always been told don't live outside your means yeah just sort your own shit out
0: avoid debt work within your means if you can build credit build credit yeah
1: but it's the fact I, I've always been raised to never ask for anything never go to people with the hands open that's why yeah. I don't go and uh, trick or treat yeah because mum and dad always seen it as just begging and I agree with them yeah just going oh please give me some sweeties no if that was me I'd slam the door on you yeah. just it's, it's always seemed strange to me the current state of sort of YouTubers and stuff who just ask for handouts. Surely you got yourself into this mess, you're getting paid yeah. by someone. Yeah, there's usually some kind of company out there that's backing you. Yeah,
0: as much as you're a creative, you should also be looking at the reality of it. If you're being a creative for a business, you're still a business. Oh, yeah, but you still have if you want to put out a Patreon and establish a kind of source of revenue that way because. Right now YouTube is going back through Adpocalypse territory again for the like fifth time in two years or whatever. Yeah. Um but they're if Oh you that's wanna, the
1: Phil DeFranco Lacey Green thing. They all got linked to alt-right.
0: Yeah, that um oh, what was it? It was New York Times actually read that piece and it's actually I don't think we've have we talked about that one. Definitely talk about that one yeah. in a minute. But they've um they're going through another apocalypse so if you want to establish a Patreon or whatever to like set up with the goals the like expressed intent of you guys provide me with this I'll provide you with extra content or Mm. extra goodies or whatever that I'm totally cool with I I understand that and that's that is a business model that but putting the the cart before the horse is where it really gets me like you need to understand you're running a business and if you have no business plan on your passion project YouTube channel should it be a business should you be behaving like it's a, an ad revenue yeah. income, like think about things a bit more is yeah. the,
1: the issue we've got there but, but I think most of it is people saying I can make money on this YouTube thing and not coming with a uh, yeah. hitting it out with a proper business plan yeah. just thinking I'm going to make videos on YouTube and I'm going to get money for it, it's like the people who think I'm going to be an actor, right? because it's easy I'm gonna get millions of dollars. Like, no, nah, you can. You put in a bit of legwork before mm. you get to that stage. Acting
0: is not easy. Yeah.
1: You're going to be waiting tables for a long fucking time. You're going yeah. to be paying your dues and building your armor for a bit.
0: That's what I. I really like the. Uh, there's a YouTuber and Twitch streamer called Harris Heller. Mm-hmm. He is a v- alpha gaming channel. He is very good at explaining, in a very pragmatic way, the business end of running a Twitch channel. And that's his YouTube channel and his Twitch channel is based on the idea of, I would like to help you become a better. Um, twitch personality and a better twitch business because i've been creating social media content for the last say i think it was seven years or something he's up to now because he was he started on vine he was doing he apparently was doing documentaries for political campaigns before that like he's he's been through the ringer traditional mm. media and modern like kind of social media style and he is a very wise person in a way he's not, not that he's smart he's wise he's been yeah, through the ringer what he's talking about. yeah he's done his time he's bringing you the information and saying this is what you do focus on, this is what you don't pay attention to, for example, fancy mics for Twitch broadcasts, yeah. you don't need a $2,000 mic for a Twitch broadcast you, like, uh, you, I was talking
1: to someone recently, they said I'm going to start a uh, Twitch channel, okay oh, cool. uh, what's your setup going to be, and I went oh, I found the microphones that Joe Rogan uses for his podcast, now first and foremost, Joe Rogan's loaded Yeah, he, he has UFC money, he has yeah. uh, podcast money because all of them are fucking advertised yeah. he can afford those ridiculously good condenser mics
0: it's like mics. a $700 mic Yeah, he can least. afford them
1: go low end Yeah. So go I, low I don't know and, what he's doing with the, yeah. the channel but.
0: go low end learn how to process it like get I mean these mics we've got are pretty decent. they're a bit more expensive than I'd recommend for a startup YouTube, yeah. or YouTube or Twitch personality but at the same time know how to work with the lesser equipment so that when yeah. you get the good equipment you become godlike
1: yeah work with what you've got is what yeah. I would say don't M- go for the big microphones expecting they're going to make mm-hmm. Everything better,
0: like James is a big fan of the uh, it's the I think it's the Go XLR that he's got, it's yeah. the uh, the, the mixer that he uses with his streams. That mm. works for him because it fulfills multiple different functions.
1: Although he just went and got a whole slew of new Elgato stuff, yeah, but that was his subscribers that paid for that. And his, yeah, his thing is always because he's, he's a techie, Argic yeah. is a techie, uh, he that's what he does for a living, like yeah. he works in tech. His thing is always about looking good, sounding good. Yeah. So he was wanting to sink some money into that and getting the lighting and the the rigs and stuff. But before he did that,
0: he spent time working with lesser equipment because it's what he could afford. He was living within what he had.
1: If I wanted to start a YouTube channel, I'd be I suppose I'd be kind of in good stead because my dad was a DJ. Yeah. So I wouldn't really need to go and hunt for microphones. I could just say, Dad, I'm going to start this. What microphone would be good? Yeah. It would be a cheaper mic, but it would still do the job. Yeah. And sound sound management's a big thing about it because you have the best quality setup ever Yeah, but if you're sounding like shit yeah. it's, it's going to damage you ultimately like
0: the the prime example would be the Blue Yeti mic the Blue Yeti mic is a phenomenal piece of kit but if you don't know how to use it right you fuck up yeah see for example Jibberfish Season zero. Oh yeah like it doesn't sound as good as what it does now because yeah. we've learned with old equipment how to work with that equipment and now we have better equipment and now when we use that we send a lot better it's yeah. improvement it's gradual it takes time and it's an investment in your ideas that pays off in the end and i just think that people rom- rush through and jump into this like i'll buy the best yeah. gear and i'll become the best no there's a stage behind it and then when it, it, it falls that. to your fans to pick up the slack yeah. and pay for the cash that you didn't have but you spent anyway you're Kind of a shitty person in my my eyes.
1: It relates to the 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 point of instant gratification that you, you hit on earlier. People are not willing to put in the leg work. As people, I kind of liken it to people who want to lose weight and just take the pills and the juice pluses and the steroids and stuff. Sure, you're going to lose weight, but you're going to feel like crap. Yeah, do the leg work. You know, hit the gym, go out cycling, take. Go out for a fucking walk. The easiest thing you could do is just get off off of your arse and go for a walk.
0: Work with a trainer to teach you the yeah. right way to do things, and then when you're comfortable with that and you're starting to make progress, head out on your own. Yeah, do your own thing. There's a guy at the gym who is very heavily overweight, and I see him every week. He's in there doing deadlifts. Yeah, with a coach training him, so make sure he's got the right technique. And I've seen him change a little bit. He's only been in there a couple yeah. weeks now, but he is losing a little bit of weight, and he's getting better. His deadlifts, he's lifting a little bit more. He's making progress, he's doing more lifts as well, that's a big thing as well. I I never really appreciated how much effort it would be to deadlift as someone who is morbidly obese. Yeah. Like how much effort does it take to like move your body to do that and then how does that feel? Because if you're morbidly obese, guarantee there's something else going on as well. Yeah. There'll be something else, some side issue that you would never really appreciate until you, you know, try to lift your weights up and then your head like all the blood drains out your your brain and you go, Oh god, and you get lightheaded and fall over. Yeah. So, I yeah. He's investing in his time and it'll pay off in the long run. Yeah. And I think that
1: translates effortlessly to the trying to get a career in media. Yeah. You can't just instantly jump into starring in the next Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. You you work at it. You start slow and you build your way up. You're never going to go from, you know, radio talent to voicing the next fucking big AAA title from Ubisoft or Activision or something.
0: You yeah. you you work your way up. You you have to be a very raw talent. Yeah, you'd
1: have to be a Troy Baker or a Nolan North or a fucking Kevin G- Michael Richardson. Kevin Michael Richardson or a Jim Cummings. I could sit and rhyme off voice actors yeah. all day. You need to tell me to stop.
0: I I was just thinking about this because we I think we talked about this last time was uh, like Nolan North uh, joking that you know the only way you can get in the voice acting industry is just wait for him to die. Yeah. Kevin Michael Richardson has appeared in two places. Didn't see him coming, and one was uh, Love, Death and Robots, which is on Netflix, a fantastic anthology series. Yeah. Ten out of ten would recommend. He appears uh, in one of the episodes, and you will know when it's him.
1: Yeah, because very recognizable voice.
0: But he appeared as well in uh, Crash Team Racing uh, Nitro Edition, like the re- remaster. Oh, the yeah. yeah. Um, I've got, I, I, bought it, and he appeared as a chicken, and I was like, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Michael Richardson as a chicken. Yeah, was that? Nice. But it's again, it's, it's just happy to see him, and I'm really glad he's still out there because again, yeah, he's one of those voice actors consistently amazing through yeah. the years.
1: Ridiculously good because he's done he's done big budget stuff like Family Guy and stuff, but he still yeah. turns out for kids TV and stuff like that. that is the prime example of doing your legwork,
0: yeah, do your legwork get a job, keep the job by doing the job more
1: and he still does live action appearances because he's in an episode of How I Your Mother really? yeah he picks up Robin at a bar hmm,
0: I'm gonna go back and watch that, I've not seen that in ages, <laughs> don't, don't watch I How I Your Mother again, saying.
1: Ted what's
0: his last name? Ted uh, Mosby Ted
1: Mosby is a serial killer yeah,
0: we, <laughs> we talked about that in the past where I was like when you think about it, he is really creepy yeah, he,
1: he's, he's hiding some bodies yeah
0: Oh, we uh, we He's might talk about the uh, the New York Post thing about uh, the oh, yeah, YouTube yeah. alt right thing. Because
1: I remember reading about this, but you, you spoke to me about it, and I thought, right, we, this could be a good talk about it in the podcast. Because as far as I was aware, I identified certain people as being alt right, then that bled into YouTube, and then YouTube yeah. started fucking running with this. The, youth, the YouTube algorithm just. Yeah. Well, the idea went
0: with it. is that well, first of all, there was that thing that uh, originally really pissed off uh, Joe Rogan about the, the kind of alt right dark web thing. Yeah. Where um, it was a conversation about how one person is associated with another is associated with another so you can basically have like lines drawn between people who have contact with each other by appearing on each other's shows and you can link somebody who's very kind of casual Mm. like Joe Rogan and then link them to like some of the worst people on the internet like real alt-right white nationalists racist homophobic people like real horrible people isn't that ultimately a straw man argument? what it was was shoddy research
1: yeah there's one thing that I've found out about recently, and it's I've started to see it being used everywhere, mm. even with people that I talk to regularly. The idea of the strawman argument is I could say, hey, "You're drinking out of a copperberg glass."
2: Yeah,
1: you like copperberg. You like cider, yeah. and I could say I could mention some horrific fact about the growing of uh, yeah. the fruits for cider, and the horrific fact about the conditions for the farmers that harvest the fruits. Mm-hmm. I could say you support that because you like copperberg cider.
0: Well, the the, actual...
1: the, the, the two things yeah. are completely unrelated. All you've said is you like copperberg cider
0: the 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 actual or the supposed definition of a, a strawman argument is that you take someone's you take cherry pick pieces out of someone's argument to make up a fake argument they would if you make like I I drink a cup or a glass therefore I support something along the lines of horrific working conditions yeah. of the farmers but that you would attack the position of the strong man and make me look bad yeah and then that's where it becomes a straw man is that you attack the fake argument that you've made up yeah, on my behalf
1: you, you go on the assumption of you like Skopperberg ergo he must
0: support horrific working, working conditions in Africa yeah. for people who just like farm apples or whatever yeah and so, it's something that I've seen used more and more nowadays oh so obvious as well
1: and Again, I was talking to a good friend who really needs to to shut his mouth ever so because he just—it's literally just a tin that he opens up and says, "We're going to talk about politics," and I'm just going to accuse you of wrong shit. Uh, We were talking about uh, clothing brands, yeah, uh, because another friend of uh, mine—he's been on this real self improvement kick. Yeah, I've been really proud of the you know the physical improvement. Yeah, but is you know it's just I just want to dress better, I want to smell better, douchey as fuck. I want to smell better. Oh, I broke it down Shower sure, bitch I broke it down horrifically for him I, went, well, I asked him I said why do you want to look better Why do you want to just act better I just want to be a better man And I went Do you want to know what the reason is You're talking bullshit You just want to get your hole That is it <laughs> He's like oh man no, I'm just trying to be a better man Bullshit You're trying to get your hole Don't, you, don't sprinkle yeah. Don't put chocolate sprinkles on a turd And tell me it's chocolate ice cream with sprinkles
0: Well look when the ladies ask, you can say, "Well, I just what would be a better just man, just want to improve myself." When the guys come around. when you're talking to the bros, yeah, you admit your shit, all right? You yeah, admit what's going on. You, it's cool. Yeah, we would we all get do it. it. Yeah, we. I get it. That's what I'm doing too. <laughs> Why do you think I've started? I've
1: actually started putting wax and shit in my hair to make myself look better. But the conversation continued on because I've started liking certain brands of clothes. Okay, what do you prefer? Anyway, I've started looking towards you know G Star, Quicksilver, Vans and stuff like that because they're. You know form fitting and it shows off your muscles and stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, cool. Then my other friend piped up and just went, Oh, brands are fucking. I hate brand clothes, I fucking hate them all. And I was like, Okay, why do you hate them? He went, Oh, because the working conditions of the people in the factories. And I went, Okay, so I like brand clothes. And he went, Oh, you, you support a uh, horrible working conditions. I went, No, I like the clothes. I, That's
0: I, it. I'd pay more for the clothes if I meant better working conditions. Yeah,
1: I don't mind it. Yeah, and he went, oh, so you you're all happy with people working for minimum wage to make these horrible jumpers? And I went, you're wearing three super dry items right now, and you're trying to say to me that I support horrible working conditions?
0: Some hypocrisy
1: going on there. There's the some right major now. hypocrisy. I didn't buy it. He went, so your mother supports it then? Because your yeah. mother bought you those for Christmas, didn't she? No, no one in my family supports brands. Yeah. They clearly do.
0: That's that's someone who's just out there picking arguments, picking fights.
1: Yeah, but he also tried to pick a fight with me because I said I hate fizzy lemonade. And I do. I fucking hate fizzy lemonade because I picked up a bottle of still lemonade, which is essentially just lemon juice, yeah. which is
0: delicious. And it you know, sounds like that guy is doing steroids but not working out, and therefore has a ton no. of energy. He's <laughs> tiny. I oh, know, but he's he's, fucking he's tiny. doing steroids but not working out, so he's all the energy and all the pe- yeah. outrage.
1: My theory is that his girlfriend his, sorry, his fiance now. Uh, very happy that he's got his fiance. His fiance is the nicest human being in the planet. Yeah, you cannot start an argument with her. She will just you'll say, uh, me know oh, this You're like this. And she just goes, okay, as long as you're happy. Yeah. And I can just imagine her, like you he, honestly, he, just going, he, the eye popping, it going, but I want to argue, <laughs> I want to argue, <laughs> and she's just going, okay, I'm gonna go make dinner, and she just drops away in little flowers, prop up yeah. when she's walking away because he's a fucking human rainbow. Yeah, but yeah, she, he's not getting it enough. He's, so not he's get, just trying to pick fights with other people. He's
0: not getting the argument he wants at home. He wants a little bit of conflict.
1: Yeah, he, yeah. but the the. But yeah, anyway, that fucker uses strong man, straw man arguments all the time, and it, it fucking bugs me. And there's more and more of it popping up nowadays, and it just yes. pisses me off.
0: And the, the the anyway, the New York Times article, New York Times, yeah. So i oh, tangents. <laughs> the, that was tangential to like the nth degree. The yeah. like, you tangented on a tangent, you tangent square.
1: Yeah, I double, uh, I
0: broke the fourth tangent. The. The original the original piece of came out that caused a bit of issue was the the line graph between different people who were all connected and then this one took it to the next stage by interviewing a guy who I actually quite like this guy's called uh, faraday speaks he's a YouTube channel who the guy was um way into red pill territory talking about um ideas for white ethnic states and ideas for protecting like the motherland of America which isn't a thing okay um, it's an immigrant nation what yeah. they do. The foundation, the core belief. Uh, you're rewriting history, there, buddy. Yeah, this red,
1: white, and blue American state that was discovered by an Italian.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, an Italian working for the Spanish. Yeah. Okay. You're uh, clearly not red, white, and blue American, are you? Yeah. Um, he has a. he's made some pretty good videos about how he's been working his way back to normality, but then has re- basically started going further and further left as well. But more uh, do with social justice causes, like social equity and stuff. Uh, that was it's, it's a good video it's very emotional' it's, it's, he it's him realizing the effect that certain philosophies have had on his life and how because he's become so ingrained and en- engulfed in the culture in a way, it's damaged his life. I mm. you know, okay that's, that's horrific but it's uh, it's a reason it's a human story of like the current political times. He was interviewed by the New York Times who went into his history and the one thing that really stands out to me was the admission he doesn't make in his YouTube video. But the one that he was talking about in the article was that he used to visit 4chan when he was a teenager. Like, the dark part of... Like, the, the dark heart at the whole... You know, in the middle of the hellhole. Uh, the dark heart of the
1: vortex. Yes,
0: and he never really mentioned that in his YouTube video, which is very sympathetic and actually got me to follow him, but uh, he was basically saying that when he was doing it as a laugh as a kid, when he was 14 or 15 or whatever, he never really recognised what he was actually looking at. And then he actually started to just accept these things as truths Hmm. and then he ran into more and more instances of like conflict with people that were close to him because they were very uh, socially forward very progressive thinking or whatever yeah and he is then described like going further and further down different rabbit holes about white nationalism and ideas of uh, protecting the, the white Aryan race or whatever and the idea that you know certain things are in place because it you know, it, it helps black people and uh, takes down black people and he worked trying to dismantle systems like that and uh, basically everyone, he was kind of a piece of shit as a kid but the idea that all this happened because he was in he was watching YouTube videos I'm like no that kid was exposed to that way before YouTube but the article itself is to do with YouTube's algorithm gradually pointing people towards right leaning sources when you can say no if you watch enough left leaning sources you lean way into the left you can get both results, it just depends on what you're looking at. It's just an algorithm, a computer code, will not make judgement calls for you. You have to police your own watch time. You have to make sure you're watching, you know, what will inevitably make you a better person, whether you lean one way or the other politically. Hmm. And that you should maybe have the self-judgment to stay away from Nazi content. I'm sorry, you're going to have to make that call yourself. Yeah.
1: There's no argument that could stand up when you say, it. I just clicked on this you know, horrible atrocious video Yeah, no one forced you to click on it you chose that yeah. there's no argument that's going to stand up to your own choice
0: the the idea was basically that I
1: can't blame society for it, making you watch Nazi videos
0: I think it was the idea that YouTube was basically a slow boiling a frog the idea that you would start in a very kind of central position which is how we actually learned about the story because it was uh, related to Philip DeFranco yeah. who is a very centrist Maybe slightly left leaning news source because I think it's just, you know, who he is. Yeah. Um, I think he just has slightly same thing, uh like the old Chris Rock dog. I've got some shit I'm liberal a bit, some shit I'm conservative about, you know? Prostitution, I'm liberal. Guns conservative. Yeah. <laughs> you know? People are you know have their own leanings and I think the idea is that if you started from a centralist point and you started working gradually one way, you would never really notice that, you know, you're slowly boiling the frog, you're slowly raising the temperature up. Whereas if you if you were to throw like Nazi content at a person, you would inevitably have that person go, Oh my god, what the fuck am I watching? And they would immediately shut it down and stop watching it because they're being thrown in the deep end, thrown mm. in a boiling pot, and would hop back out again. But the idea that YouTube's algorithm was gradually responsible for turning this all American good old boy or good old good little kid into a fervent white nationalist is wrong. I'm like, first of all, that guy, before he talks about anything to do with YouTube, admits to being on 4chan kid's not a fucking liar, yeah. but he's omitting a ma- he's omitting a massive fact from the yeah. case, and it's uh, it was the article itself is very kind of disingenuous and it's very kind of like oh look how like uh, he's gonna save the day by being ultra liberal and you know he's gonna speak out but there's like yes yeah, speak out about the uh, the translation from uh, like the gradual decline into an outright state but I think you're omitting a very key fact because I do think someday at least there must be one person out there. Who started just watching one video, and gradually shifted over time towards the right?
1: Yeah, it's ultimately kind of comes back to the whole. Since it, all the content is free, you can't really. i will try to think of the best way to put this. If you watch, if you can't, there's that sort of trickle down effect where you just think how how bad could one video be? Yeah, you watch one video that's maybe about. It's not too heavy on the subject, but there's yeah. enough there to get you interested in think. I'm going to keep reading about this.
0: And if you're an intellectual, you will poke and prod at the fringes of yeah. what you're willing to accept. Yeah,
1: and that has a snowball effect where people are going to keep th- people are going to keep looking for that. So they say, well, I know about this, but this guy mentioned this subject, but didn't really t- didn't really go in depth. So I'm going to keep looking and looking and looking. Yeah, and when you're in that kind of bubble that that YouTube vortex of just watching all these kind of videos, you start to form opinions that you're not really going to discuss with other people until mm. they. Have or unless they have a similar point or a similar way of thinking, and you just start building up this idea of, "Oh, they're right. I get that. I sympathize. I agree with that," and it it can shift people's uh, perspective.
0: You can you can end up down a wormhole, and you can end up with this positive reinforcement feedback. Yeah, but I don't think. I mean, I don't know if it's the responsibility of YouTube to police that. No, and I it, I think it's you need to be a lot more honest with yourself about who you are. Yeah, I think yeah that that leads
1: into what I was saying. YouTube can't say, are you sure you want to watch this video about white supremacy? They're just going to say, no. You're watching content on our platform. Yeah, we're just they're happy for the engagement. There's yes. no person at YouTube yes. that's monitoring. However many billions of people are on YouTube. Yeah, it's physically physically impossible. Yeah, you literally need to look at yourself and think, am I going to get anything positive? From a video about Nazis, am I going to get anything positive about a video concerning extremist tendencies in the alt right? No, like you need to self-police this yeah. yourself.
0: Yeah, I think people are just shifting responsibility away from themselves to a corporation that they just want to see—you know—they want to see people get money out of this. It's an way. easy
1: target as well because yeah. YouTube, YouTube, even getting their name dragged through the mud with the adpocalypse, and people not being able to monitor their videos and uh, people using the platforms for. Their own personal gains, uh, for using you know that particularly touchy subjects as their main focal points of their channels. Mm. To say that it's YouTube's fault is completely wrong. Mm. To say that it's your fault is correct because yeah. no one's forcing you to watch.
0: No one you to log in every videos. Yeah. No one force you to log in every day. No one you to consume that content. You should be more honest. You know, if you're having these, if you're having thoughts and ideas, and you're having you're discussing them with someone, somebody vehemently reacts to them like absolutely rejects your idea and yeah. gets very upset at you for having that idea maybe you should stop reflecting and consider what you're proposing yeah and think about it from someone else that's a little bit of empathy as opposed to just blaming all of them the evil corporation like yeah the mind's making me do this you can argue that is it responsible for YouTube to have an algorithm that could lead someone down this way and therefore they make a profit off of it yeah, there's yeah. an interesting discussion but is it their fault that you became that person no no nah. it's
1: it's like this whole discussion on uh, the H3H3 H3 channel with um, Ethan Klein talking about, he, he put up a post about some uh, Instagram model and it was Instagram versus reality and it was her looking all airbrushed and yeah, that one's acceptable brilliant. then there's the, the reality one and it's her looking, like, teared face and she's looking horrible. Yeah. like. I suppose horrible, but she's looking. She's not looking her best.
0: She doesn't look the way she does in the. Instagram she doesn't look uh,
1: all glamorous and airbrushed. And then uh, she jumped on and saying, "Oh, this is this is what people on YouTube do. They they are causing suicide in young people." No, they're just. He posted a comment. How you chose to react to that comment is that way. Yeah, you can't blame. You can't blame one channel for pointing out something that's completely unilaterally factual. That, yeah. that Insta- the reality that people put on Instagram is totally different from reality itself. Yeah, you can't blame them for teenage suicide. There's nothing, I mean, fair enough, people nowadays, because, I think because of the advent of social media, are more, eh, they're more open to that kind of criticism and how they react to that is their own thing, but you can't then blame these corporations for making that decision, or not making that decision, for pointing that out.
0: Yeah, you, you can't hold, I mean. And
1: ultimately, her whole thing was about, she was just pissed off that someone pointed out that she didn't look her best all the time. Yeah. And she put, she said she lost so many people on Patreon because of it. It was a joke. People need to develop thicker skin. Yeah. I think is what it is.
0: But you can argue that maybe he, he by doing that within his audience, he might have inspired someone in that audience to do the same thing, that someone else, and then that would cause a bit yeah. of hurt. to Someone that would maybe lead them to the suicide. But to hold that you know, to hold Ethan personally responsible for that for that person's hypothetical death, wouldn't really hold much water.
1: Yeah, her whole argument was just just strange because she said, oh, he's causing suicide in teenagers, but there was no deaths linked to it and there was no deaths related on If it's the
0: person I'm thinking about, first of all, that person is not very bright. Yeah, she's pretty dumb. I'm pretty sure she's, actually I'm 99% sure the person I'm talking about is the same person who made a YouTube video uh, covering herself in a hundred layers of fake cum. So... I'm not going to lie I don't trust that person as being the sole arbiter of what happens and what's the best for children's mental health even though there is a very serious issue of the rise of social media and self-harm I just
1: can use that as an example of you can't blame someone else for pointing something out Yeah, Yeah, but it's ultimately how you viewed that you chose to you chose to engage you chose to make that post they've reacted to it a certain way
0: yeah and the fact that they do so by exposing the reality of the situation and then it hurts your bottom line makes me seriously consider are you genuinely in this for the children's mental health or are you trying to drum up controversy get more attention yeah. and maybe gain back some of those Patreon subscribers you lost and ultimately that's why I
1: hate social media that's why I don't engage with Facebook I barely use Twitter and Instagram I fucking barely use every so often I'll say oh that's a cool phone background I'm going to take that yeah. but ultimately i Fucking hate using social media.
0: I'm pretty tempted actually, right now to get rid of my Instagram, and then just use Twitter because I enjoy Twitter. I do find it very fun. Yeah. I enjoy having the conversations in there. I, you know, I have a community of people that I like to like follow and whose opinions I like to read. Yeah. And I think I, for me, it's mainly Facebook. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. Facebook is just it's shitty. If I could get rid of it, it's just, just a dumpster it, fire. Yeah, it's just that people are watching. It's it's the Springfield tire fire. Yeah, it's just been burning for so long and no one knows why it
0: started. Yeah. I would, what to do is, make sure you've got the number of everyone, you you regularly talk to on that, do what I did, is get the number of anyone you need to contact, Yeah. get an alternative way to contact them, and then just remove the app from your phone.
1: I think what I might do is, I might get rid of Facebook and keep Messenger, because you can do that.
0: Yeah, well that. just keep it off for a week, and don't, oh, yeah. take, delete the app from your phone for a week, and then realise you don't miss it. Yeah. That's what happens to everyone who does that type of thing, goes... You know, I, I, it was weird when I first tried, but then a week later, you know, I just didn't care that it wasn't there anymore. Yeah. I think, because I've, I know people that have done that, uh,
1: my sister-in-law, she, she didn't use it, she lost her phone for a week, because children are a, are a thing, her, <laughs> her her daughter was just, okay, phone's out of battery, and dropped the thing, <laughs> the whole thing, just spider just so she, she had to send it away to get it fixed, and. She dropped it right on concrete, so it jostles around, and broke some things. So she had she lost her phone for a week, and she got it back, and she's seen all the apps and all the social media and stuff, and she's thought, I don't use half of these anymore. And I'm pretty sure to this point,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, even if it, she said if you are getting, if anybody needs to get in touch with me, just text me, or phone me. I'm not on Messenger anymore. Mm. And she was on that shit constantly. Yeah. So I would get every so often there'd be posts on Facebook just saying, mm. she said, oh, yeah, sister-in-law says this, sister-in-law says that. I think that may be the next step for me because I am fucking pig sick of all the. All the anti SNP stuff, anti independence, anti union, just all the vitriol from both sides. just terrific. I want to start reading more into politics because it is something that particularly people of our age need to get involved in because I've taken such a dismissive view of politics nowadays that I'm just so disconnected from it. Mm. But it's very important to be cognizant Mm. of. I think I need to go back in it, but Facebook is going to, you see it and you think, oh, I know that guy, I trust him, and he's posting that. Maybe he's got a point, and then you will see arguments on the other side. So, I think it, personally, for me, it just it might be time to hit the hit the pause button on social media. Maybe yeah. just use Spotify specifically.
0: Yeah, I'd say I'd have nothing so complex. I wish I had such a a complex reasoning for leaving Instagram. I'm just all I'm doing is doing at tits. that's, yeah. all my main issue that's why just, I don't want to get
1: rid of Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just started following a line of
0: people. That was the reason I uh, I left Facebook, was the same as you. I'm just tired of seeing the same shit every week. But I kept Instagram because i like, ah, a lot of good looking women in there. I, I enjoy seeing the content, it's fun. And at the same time, I'm looking now like, do I really enjoy the content or am I just staring at them half naked? Yeah. And I realize that I am just, I'm overly engaged yeah, in the, the g- sexual aspect of Instagram.
1: You're letting the caveman brain, yeah. the primal brain kick in. And I realised actually thinking about it, just as you've said that, most of the people that I follow on Instagram are. Like cosplayers and stuff.
0: Yeah, the ratio of like people who I actually follow that are friends, as opposed to people who I follow that are uh, like just models or cosmodels yeah. or fetish models, is ridiculous. It's like yep. I don't need to see all of this every day when I wake up in the morning. That's not a healthy way of looking nah. at
1: it. If you can't go a full day without seeing some, like <laughs> seeing some day in a cosplay, yeah, I think there's more going on than just yeah that kind of behavior. If
0: I described it. To a stranger, and our psychologist said, "What do you think is the issue with this person who can't stop looking at the phone because every now and again they like see titties?" And you, you, you're probably looking at some kind of mild uh, sex addiction. Sex addiction case that someone would refer to, and you realise here's oh, what they
1: do: they put uh, one of those long lobotomy needles on with a hammer at the end, and just put a hammer at the side, going, "Right, here's the treatment. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to chisel this in your dick. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to yeah, find that little lobe of your brain, and we're going to get rid of that." I go olden school go olden school on this. Jesus Christ! It's so old. to use olden. <laughs> we are in the olden school. This we are the one
0: olden d- times.
1: One degree older than old school.
0: I yeah. I, I think it might be a healthy idea to just remove that and then go back and reevaluate. Yeah. What I want to actually look at and what the caveman brain part of me wants to look at. I think yeah. It might be a good idea.
1: Yeah. Just detox. I think that's something. I think it's something more people should look at because social media is a bad thing yes it's it's connected people but it's also opened up other avenues of bullying and you know unwanted unwanted avenues of contact I think just having a purge for a week if you're really really if if you're not really too addicted to social media five days but if you're heavily involved with a lot of social media take a month off just purge yourself from all that shit yeah Go for a goddamn walk, see some goddamn green.
0: Yeah, we've we've put a weird we've put numbers next to social success. Yeah, and we kind of have a ga- we inevitably create a game out of it because that's what we do. Yeah, I just think I, I recently I've had. By some, the way, this sounds
1: like we're about to end the podcast for good.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> no, this isn't social media. This is anti. So this is locking ourselves in a room for two hours to wax philosophical about yeah. whatever the fuck. Because it like.
1: genuinely sounded like, and that's why this is the last episode of the Jumper's podcast
0: no except for weird abstract art that will be left across the globe for you to find yeah no the um, like an ARG to, yeah. to... I've had some uh, good interaction with people mostly just to do with like catching up with old friends but the sincere like the deeply held friends that I've made through work and just watching like the change in how I deal with those people as opposed to how I would deal with people that I knew on Facebook is like yeah. night and day the the, the message, oh, yeah. like the conversations we have, the messages we leave each other. Like, I left rambling rants to people, like, just these long, like, catch-up le- uh, messages, like letters. Like, if you... Yeah, essays It's the effort I put into writing someone a physical letter. Yeah. And it felt really good to do that, to have an, that actual conversation with people that I just maybe missed contact with. Yeah. But it's nothing like the... Like, that's actual social activity. Yeah. Not liking someone's Facebook post. That's that, not yeah. social activity. I think...
1: The healthy way to do it is send messages. Just Because recently a friend of mine, has uh, one of his family members passed away. And I thought, you know, I could just leave my shitty little comment on his wall mm. saying, dude, thinking about you. But no, I actually wrote a full fucking essay just saying uh, I know how hard it is to lose a loved one. Because I lost all my grandparents within the space of two years. Mm. I think between the years of 11 and 13, all four of my grandparents got wiped off the board. So I know how fucking heavy that could be and uh, it was the guy's granddad that passed away and I just thought, I could leave just a shitty you know dude, um, here for you, get in touch if you want to go for a drink and shoot the shit and I thought, no, I'm going to do the right thing, I'm going to fucking leave him a full message yeah. updated phone number if he wants to get in touch and uh, he actually he did send me a message back saying, I appreciate it because like, yeah. I, mean, I did say you're probably pig sick of all the messages and stuff and he went, he actually didn't get many proper messages yeah. it you was mainly like, oh, the Facebook thinking wall. of you, or the crying, uh, reaction thoughts or and prayers
0: because people appreciate the effort Yeah,
1: that's why I don't say happy birthday to anybody on Facebook because mm. I fucking hate the whole happy birthday hope is a good one no I'd rather see you face to face Yeah. or if I don't see you face to face regularly that's why I've not said happy birthday to you yeah. because I've probably met you through a house party and you've added me on Facebook or something Yeah. that's why I, apparently I just realised how kind of high and mighty this sounds but apparently I don't rate you high enough to wish you happy birthday <laughs> but <laughs> be gone plebe but, no, it's, it's, uh, it's. I hate the fact that it's, can, it's taking the the important message out of saying happy birthday to someone yeah. and just replaced it with a couple lines of text yeah. through Facebook
0: well that was what, one of the things that got me about it before I left the platform was uh, I had a birthday and then a year later I got all the, got the birthday messages, next year got all the birthday messages and realised that 90% of the people who left me those messages hadn't spoken a word to me since then oh yeah that's that, the fucking
1: point. That definitely got me because someone for my twenty fifth birthday. Yeah, three years ago now. Uh, yeah. Said hey, you're older than I am and
0: <laughs> by like five months. Yeah, that's true. Calm down. <laughs> uh, no,
1: but it did definitely. I had the similar reaction. Someone said, "Oh, happy birthday, man! We should get a catch up soon." And I, uh, I ended up deleting this person, and I just I sent my message back just saying who the fuck are you? I, can't, I genuinely <laughs> can't remember who you are and why are you saying we need to have a catch-up soon? Like, who are you? <laughs> genuinely I, confuse me. I've never spoken to you and you've never said word one to me before. Yeah. You're clearly just saying happy birthday because so many other people have you. Yeah. It just bugs me. It creates this false pretense of oh, we're best friends. We talk all the time on Facebook. Yeah. Like, just because we're I think we need to draw a distinction between real friends like ourselves, because yeah. I've fucking known you since we were about five. Yeah. We used to go to church and shit together. Uh, real friends. It's so old Jesus involved. <laughs> yeah, that's so old Jesus involved. And people that you see on a regular basis, real friends Yeah. and Facebook friends. Because Facebook friends aren't real friends. Okay. They just show up and like shit every so often Yeah. and update you on their travel photos and occasionally show bikini shots.
0: Well, I would just say learn a difference between a friendship and a social media relationship. Yeah. There's a complete world of difference and the quality of life that improves when you recognise and actively pursue friendships as opposed to social media relationships is a complete
1: game changer I also think it's very freeing when you realise that social media is just void it is nothing it means nothing when you kind of break away from this thing oh if I have 150 likes on that photo that I posted on Facebook of me with my new dog that somehow gives me validation. When you break away from that and you don't care about it, it is ultimately so fucking freeing. Yeah, because I mean, I've had well, my dog, Spud, I've had him for 11 years now, and every so often I'll just post pictures because he's a, he's a moron, he'll, he'll just he'll do dumb shit. And I go, Look at this idiot done. Yeah, and I think the last time I posted a picture, I seen it got a few likes, and I just thought no one is liking that picture because oh Dom posted that, that's a good picture they're just liking it for the cute dog, yeah. that is not me then that point I realised I'm kind of done posting pictures on Facebook yeah. I'm done posting pictures on Instagram yeah. it creates this you know, false perception of what people who like you do mm. it's just all oh, people who like me, like my posts on Facebook, they you know, give me thumbs ups and smiley faces, like no. yeah, get away
0: from all we- detox from Facebook,
1: yeah put all your money in golden potatoes <laughs> in the way of the future.
0: There's yeah, there's there's something about social media that is you realise that it is just yeah, it's just poison. It's millions of people screaming into the void. Yeah. To avoid just, reflecting in themselves. And it's it's refreshing once you realize you like, oh okay. Yeah, just go to the full matrix and unplug. Yeah, unplug for the matrix. Yeah, read a book. Yeah. Play some video games. Have fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Genuine fun. Go genuinely go out and run. Yeah. People people
0: have forgotten how much fun running is. Yeah, uh, Well, unless you're living in Lundlithgow, in which case there's like hundreds of people yeah. just dicking around every day. Although yeah. people there can't actually like coordinate their paths and learn how to move oh, yeah. within a group, and they just run randomly throughout the streets, and you think to yourself, my god, please, for fuck's sake, actually pick a path and stick to it. Oh, well, speaking of people running in Lundlithgow, the mm. Superman exists and he lives in Lundlithgow somewhere. Right. Someone
1: sprinted up the full of Cockle Roy. That hill, for those who don't know it is, one of the best things about Lithgow is there's just sort of national trust parks damn near everywhere. Yeah, and there's a massive hill with a big sort of thing at the top called Cockle Roy. Yeah, if you look on the on the sign, it's spelled Cock So Yeah, uh, it's a really nice place to go, especially when it's a nice summer's day. You can see for fucking miles out there. Uh, me and a bunch of my friends went up there recently because uh, one of the guys I hang around with he has gained about six stones since he got married. Right, and really just wants to lose some weight. So he went right guys you just wanna go for a walk. Yeah. So we went hill walking up Cockle Roy and a uh, we got to got to the basement and said, Right, let's get walking. Some guy just we just heard running footsteps and he said, Watch your back lads and he bolted right up us and did not stop until he got to the top. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there going, That guy's lungs must be on fire He went down Yeah and did it again. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ yeah, it was ridiculous. The Superman exists and he's somewhere in Moscow.
0: There's a lot of hardcore runners out there in Moscow. Yeah. and it, the the fact that there is a local tank every year probably doesn't help. And there's the number of times you see Edinburgh Marathon, uh, like finisher jerseys or oh, the EMF, sorry, yeah, Under Armour shirts. Yeah, see those in the gym all the time, and I think it's just it's ingrained in the community there. And I think it would be, uh it wouldn't surprise me that that happens. But although for like Cockerby the hill, it's not that bad. Yeah, you could as
1: it's doable, but it is very steep. It's
0: doable as a sprint. Like, as a tar- like, as a targeted sprint. Like, I am going to do this. Yeah. I'll go, I'll park my car, walk up, and I'll just do some hill sprints with yeah. Cockle Roy. One
1: thing I have yeah. seen more of, particularly in the Lithgow gym, is people wearing the uh, Lithgow uh, pub mile t-shirts. Yeah. Like the, what do they call it? Pub crawl t-shirts.
0: Uh, what's it called again? I remember what it's called, because everyone has one, and I think I had the card for one in my uh, in my, my wallet to get one done but I just, I've just i never actually gone around and done no. all seven pubs just can't be bothered yeah. don't go outside to drink somebody's talked about that work like, oh I've gone out for a drink I used to love going out for a drink and uh, now I'm getting older I think I'm going to just calm down and just not bother and I'm like I've never had fun going out drinking <laughs> when do you people have fun no. what, what's this fun that you talk about
1: with the outside and the yeah. people looking back I don't think I've ever had a fun experience about going out and drinking except that one time where we ended up Inland Lithgow at some randomers house party that just ended badly, but that is a story in, its, in of itself. Yeah, uh, that um, if ever did come, if ever did stand up, the story about how we ended up because it was one <laughs> of those nights where just no one planned anything. Someone phoned, the night spiralled on from there. If ever did stand up, that'd be the story. It's I'd your tell-
0: version of the Hangover, basically. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Yeah, uh, except there's an angry Asian lady involved. Uh, so yeah, if ever did stand up, that'd be the story I was telling. But uh, I've never had a good story that's come out of drinking. I've always had. You know, good stories when it's been... Grab some beers, go around to France's. Or yeah. grab some beers, get some food, hang, hang out at someone's house. But I do like the idea of going to a pub and just having a couple of beers. Yeah, It's something I want to do more of. Yeah, But it's something... Because a, a lot of people that I know are busy as fuck now, And I know come September I'm going to be busy as fuck again as well. But I always want... This year specifically, I want to kind of take more time out to just you know, go and sit in a pub. Catch up with people. Because mm-hmm. there's people... I've only started getting back in touch with me now because they're back in the area. I've started saying we should meet, I'll go for a pint. Absolutely, we should do that. Yeah, I want to kind of make sure that happens a bit more. Yeah,
0: so after a quick break, it's time for a hard segue away from just social media woes. Yeah, we we were kind of heavy and philosophical there. Yeah, (laughs) I apologize. A bit wanky, not unlike Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah, you started watching it. I did say I was going to make it all the way through, I just haven't had. The time I've been off, all, like most of the week, I just haven't committed to actually watching the show. Uh, but halfway through episode fourteen, finished that last night, and I gotta say it's, it's good. It's yep. really good. I mean, there's some complaining about uh, the redub and the fact it's been re-subtitled as well by Netflix, and I, I gotta say I don't really know what people are complaining about because I've never seen the original, so no, it's classic it. status is kind of not lost on me, but yeah. I don't see it as being relevant to the conversation. But it's uh, yeah, I can see why people are digging through it and really picking it apart, and have been for like twenty years at this point. And uh, see, it is it's over time? It certainly has an age to it, and it's interesting to see where so many things that are just kind of standard now in Mecca and just shown in anime in general kind of come from.
1: Yeah, good. So you're saying it's it's definitely over time.
0: Would you say that dates it? Or um, yeah, there's some stuff there that. I mean if you didn't realize that this was the precursor if you didn't realize this was the original you would say this show is really basic you yeah. got to realize it's not basic it was never done before
1: yeah this was the first of its kind
0: and i'm struggling because I, i'm on a site called uh, My anime list and you have, you basically just catalog everything you watch and it helps build that horrific fear that you realize you've wasted you know 30 odd days of your life this year watching anime um the one thing though is you give each show a score mm mm-hmm. And some people get really defensive about certain shows getting searched. Can other scores.
1: people see that your yeah. scores?
0: Yeah, um, if you've got them as a friend, or if you can look at somebody's profile, you can go through the list of everything they've watched, and you could look. You're pretty sure it's searchable. Yeah. Um. So some people will give me shit for giving uh as a high school DxD tens every season because it's a masterpiece of just titties. Uh, so <laughs> see, I keep
1: confusing high school DxD with high school of the dead. They're not the same show. No. Uh,
0: yeah. high school of the dead is a masterpiece. It's a, it's a genuine. Tarantino made a zombie anime movie. Like that's the level of just fun it is, and it only lasts for like thirteen episodes. All right, and with th- bullets going through titties. titties. And, yeah, it's it's so wrong and so weird and so perverse, uh, but it's great. It's amazing. Like the, the show itself, the, the the zombies, the violence, the gore, it is everything about zombie horror films. I like jacked up to, like the not even eleven, like fifteen, and then uh, filmed using basically porn parody actors but at the same time it's animations not really films but you know, you know what i mean like yeah. it's, everything's like almost a porn parody of itself um high school dxd is a weirdly complex story about a guy being converted into a demon to uh fulfill the pro- like fulfill the uh, wishes of his ultimate kind of i don't know if we would take a class of milk because she's a demon but i don't know she is the president of the school's uh, occult club who just so happens to be a demon. Okay. Uh which seems like the easiest in ever. Yeah. Like, why are you guys uh covered in blood and like studying a pentagram? Well, uh mm, well, we're the occult club. Yes, we're not yes. demons at all. No. Please come frolic with us as we are studying. This is not a hoax. <laughs> I thought you made you will that leave excuse with
1: your soul and your body parts intact.
0: Total guarantee. Uh, yeah, so he um, becomes unravelled in this world of angels and demons, and you know the way that like supernatural started off as just being kind of vague and trashy and about hunting like the monster of the week, yeah. but then got really complicated really fast as all the angels and demons got involved. Yeah, same thing, okay. but with anime, and again, basically a porn parody of itself. It's disgust. Like the at one to put it into perspective, Issei, the main character, his powers are based on. Uh, his emotional feelings for someone and his sexual attraction to the main lassie, Reus Scrinnery. At okay. one point, he powers up by poking her nipples. Mm-hmm. I I struggle to think of the power this man would grasp if he was to going to actually grab onto her. Like... Oh shit, he'd t- go... Take a handful and...
1: He'd probably go Super Saiyan Blue. Levels of power.
0: Super Saiyan fucking throbbing boner. I think <laughs> would be the problem. Um, Yeah, he's... It's a weird show. I don't. It, I I I jokingly put it as a ten because it's a fucking masterpiece of just absolute trash. Yeah. But at the same time, like you can't like when people are like oh I accidentally like I was watching an anime, it was really good, and then my parents walked in just uh, on the one sex scene, and they think it's all perverted. High School DxD is that one sex scene over and over, <laughs> and, over and over and over again. You,
1: Thirteen
0: episodes a season. You could not overestimate how many times this show leads you right up to the point of like because it's um it's a light novel based thing mm. and because it's of course it it's an ecchi anime, not a porno. So it has to be as titillating as possible, but never actually show you anything good. Right. Despite the fact it does have several topless scenes and every character in this show is stacked, with the exception of one girl who's kind of bitchy but also kinda of flat chested. I'm guessing she's over a thousand years. She's role. the tomboy. She's the Thornberry, right? I, mm, I'm trying to remember if they do the discuss her age. characters
1: are always over a thousand years old or something like that. Yeah, it's a,
0: it's a legal lolly. Um what is the... I think she actually might be an ageless demon. I can't remember. The show is that level of trashy. I don't think they care. I think they could honestly have just put a lolly in and said, yeah, she's 13. Who gives a shit? Yeah, who gives a fuck? It's a, it's a fucking mess of a show, but at the same time, I caught a 10. And on that, on that website, some people might take objection to that. So I don't know how to grade Neon Genesis Evangelion because I'm grading it on a curve, but hmm. it, the curve is all the shows I've seen that before I watched the show. The only thing is, they happened after Neon Genesis Evangelion and took inspiration from it.
1: Yeah, I, I think ultimately, I'm guessing the shows that you're saying that it took inspiration from were the likes of some Gundams and yeah. other sort of anime all kind of boils down to if you liked those shows and you appreciated the source
0: mm-hmm. ultimately because I've heard but the source isn't great it's not perfect that's yeah. the problem is the way it's talked about is it's seen as perfect because there was nothing like it before uh, See, I've Evangelion- seen everything that comes since that refines it and perfects it yeah. more than that
1: because I'd rather watch Gundam Thunderbolt or Gundam Unicorn over Evangelion because I've never been I've never dug the concept of Evangelion and from what little I've seen with the movies Shinji is just not likeable whatsoever
0: I have a note here that literally is just Shinji is a total bitch Yeah, worse than Shinjiro from Ultraman
1: slightly, only slightly no
0: no 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 no, the show itself he's a lot worse because the show has 26 episodes, has a lot more time to let Shinji be a bitch but I will say if we're going to talk about the characters you can explain a lot of why Shinji is a total bitch by his father
1: yeah, Gendo's a bit of a a complete cunt. Master. Yeah, he's a bit of a
0: bastard. <laughs> I I honestly have never. I was expecting something to happen. I just call him Shinji's dad. He, I just I don't care about what his name is. He's a, I think a, it's Gendo Ikari. His name is. Yeah, I just, he's no longer referred to Commander Ikari. So yeah, it, it, might, Gendo. Be, it might be maybe Gendo. I maybe haven't
1: got that part yet. Because the Gendo pose is one of the most used tropes in anime. Just when he's sitting with the hands up there and the glasses are all whited out. Yeah.
0: Um, and there's weird things that obviously as he's watching stuff happen, like it's reflecting on his, uh, his glasses. Yeah. But it's probably one of the worst kind of like green screen thing. Like it's yeah. it's obviously just like green screened out, so they can change it quicker. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's really obvious. I don't know what it is. There's something about it that really stands out. As someone who wears glasses, I was incredible. Someone who wears glasses
1: and watches anime, I was incredibly disappointed to find that that when light hits your glasses, they don't just white out, so no one can see your eyes. <laughs> I was debated by that. But, I hate uh, that word. Don't know why I just said you baited. I <laughs> was baited by
0: it. The, uh, There's one scene that I was expecting. Because I was expecting he's the hard dad. He is a businessman. He he's didn't, a general or something, isn't he? Yeah, he's a commander of these this uh, private esque military force. Like it's not Nerve it's, or something. Yeah, nervous It kind of seems like a federal agency, but at the same time, also seems like a private business. Yeah. It's kind of hard to figure out where I the line is drawn. Yeah, I think that might be the. I think it might be where they end up, and it just so happens they are the ones responsible for protecting the city. Yeah. Um, I was expecting there to be a moment where he just says, "Look, I'm hard on you because blah blah blah." I maybe just haven't gotten to that part yet, but there was a scene at his wife and Evrshindi's mother's grave. Hmm. Could not be more of a cunt at the grave of his uh, of his child's mum. Honestly. In, like they spend most of the time just silently staring at this, and there's something we we'll talk about later but silence in this show. Yeah. Um. But he is there with his son. The perfect opportunity for like, a little kind of heart to heart, heart yeah. to heart, a bit of an olive branch extended. Say, look, I'm putting you through hell, but there's a reason, and yeah. there's, you know, you'll understand when you're older or something like that. Nothing like that. He's just a complete cunt. Stands there, tells him, "Yep, you're, this is your mum's grave. This is where we buried her." Honestly, though, it's a lie. There's no body there. We couldn't find her body that's just a grave to make things easier for you. Jesus Christ. What the fuck is wrong with this? Like, I I mean I'm hoping there's some explanations, maybe not a redemption, but an explanation of why he's like that. Maybe it's because he is the fate of humanity holding in his uh, everything he does might affect humanity and that therefore explains why he's a total cunt, but at the same time it's, it's bad character it's a bad character.
1: Yeah. From what I've always seen, I've always thought that he has so much riding on him Terms of you know beating the angels and shit like that, mm. that he doesn't have time to deal with the kid, yeah. But ultimately, even the shittiest of dads, yeah, eventually takes some time to deal with the kid, yeah. But this guy seems to have transcended high status from Tekken. <laughs> and it, those who don't know, uh, in Tekken 2, or no, I think it's in Tekken 1, the o- one of the opening cutscenes is a young Kazuya Mishima fighting an older, uh, older. Than Kazuya, uh, Hihachi Mishima. Obviously, it's his dad, I don't know how to explain that, but mm. young, Kazuya, young Kazuya is fighting his dad, Hihachi. Hihachi beats him because he's you know older, stronger, faster, and at the end of it, he just picks him up and throws him into the volcano. <laughs> Literally, just goes because though I should also say that a uh, Kazuya Mishima has a thing called the devil gene, yeah. that is would basically supplant Hihachi, and Hihachi's all about money and power and what have mm. you. Or at least that's how I look at it. So he just goes, oh, I'm going to rid the world of this devil gene and throws a 12-year-old boy into a volcano.
0: Fucking get yeeted, boy. Yeah.
1: Literally, he's just, he just carries on like this. Doesn't even cradle him or anything. Like, this yeah. is my son, my failure. He just goes, nope. Later, kid. I'm <laughs> going to go and bang
0: your mum some more. Later, nerd. <laughs> Maybe the next one won't be a complete failure. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> into, into the volcano with you. And, uh, yeah, I just... There was actually... Talk about, like... A, a, a basic father would have done something to help Shinji at this point. Yeah, there's actually a scene earlier in the show where uh, there's a power outage, but just before there's a power outage, Shinji's trying to call his dad to explain that he has, like, I think some, like, uh, thing he has to do where he's to interview his dad and he's trying to arrange to come see him, like, he has to book a meeting because mm. his dad's a cock. Um, he actually, like, on the phone with his son, says, Why are you bothering me with this shit? I have someone assigned to take care of you so that I don't have to deal with this. Now, that's a horrific breakdown to give to your kid who yeah. knew, by the way, at the start of the show it's explained he hasn't seen the kid in three years. Yeah. But at the same time, like to say that on the phone to the kid you're trying to shove off to the side, yeah. Might be one of the worst things I've ever seen anime anime characters do to each other. Yeah. Social security or social services
1: should be on the phone to a change you anytime. time just go yeah your dad doesn't want you anymore you're going to come with us
0: like if you're going to be mad that the help isn't helping you raise your child would you at least have the decency to do that on the phone to the help not on the phone to the child you're trying to get yeah. rid of that touch, <laughs> yeah. if that happened in real life we would gladly lock up that parent yeah but because this guy is you know saving humanity from horrific monsters yeah. from beyond space and time it kind of does make sense in a way but at the same time, it's a bad character in a way.
1: Yeah, it seems very one-dimensional. But yeah, I'm kind of hoping because I'm I'm still waiting on another person in my family finishing it before I watch it. But I, I kind of hope they redeem him somehow or yeah. explain why he's so hard and changey because it just seems like it seems like the kind of character that you get very bored of very quickly.
0: I'm I'm already bored of him. Um, other it's characters, real. I mean, Asuka, uh, the German, the girl in the red gear. Yeah. I like her; she seems fun. Bit of a bit of a bitch, but she's the kind of bratty genius pilot, so yeah. it's kind of to be expected. She's the prodigy pilot, yeah. Um, my favorite though is uh, Misato Katsuguri, Katsur- Katsuragi, yeah, no, I don't know. Um, but she's the uh, basically, she's the milf to that's assigned to look after uh, Shinji. All right, uh, but she wakes up in the morning and just rather than have a coffee, has a beer. I'm like, all right, she yeah, cool, like that's fine. Got got <laughs> I like her, she's a style, like her style, although for some reason. I have never seen this raised in any discussion of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Why is there a penguin in the show called Pen Pen that everyone's just kind of, okay, I guess there's a hyper-intelligent penguin in the show. I've never had it met. When the penguin showed up, I was like, what the fuck is that? It's called Pen Pen and it's a rock copper penguin that just kind of hangs out. Maybe it's like
1: a uh, Ayn from Cowboy Bebop. But it's never addressed.
0: It's never, he's just there for like an occasional bit of like slapstick comedy. I don't know if he's going to get more involved later on, but at the same time, no one has ever mentioned, like, even in passing, oh, by the way, there's a penguin. Here's my
1: penguin. You know what? It'll probably be explained in some side story manga that you're going to have to (laughs) hunt down the last copy in Japan.
0: I just, Uh, it's probably not going to be worth it to find out why he's there. You're going to be only going to be disappointed. Yeah. I, I just, I saw this and I was like, Seriously, there's a penguin, and I not that I mean it's not out of the realm of possibility that there's a weird random animal in a show. Hmm. And again, like maybe this is one of the first ones to do it, and you say there's there's other like it becomes a thing in anime later on that there's just an animal that hangs around. But did no one even think to mention that there's a fucking penguin in this show? Anyway, um. But yeah, the silence that we're gonna talk about. Yeah, the silence. One of the first things I saw about this was a video by Super Eye Patch Wolf. Who did a great explanation of why there is a fifty-three-second shot of complete silence in the uh, in the in one of the last episodes, mm-hmm. where two characters that don't like each other are stuck in an elevator, and the idea being that you would be stuck in the silence with them and it would make you uncomfortable. Right. It's a good it's a yeah. good directing choice, but yeah, it's good and thematic. Yeah, some people don't like it and it gets a bit of a critique every now and again. And I thought this was the only time this is done. The number of still shots with nothing going on in the show is absurd. I know it's a technique used to kind of pad out the runtime so that yeah. you get to 22 minutes. And when you're making something that is so intricately animated, like this is Studio Trigger and Studio Ganex at their finest. Yeah. Like this this goes on to become girl lagging. Yeah. There's a lot of the, the basic groundwork is in there and it's, it pays off. So if you want to like stall for like 10-15 seconds with a silent shot so that nobody has to animate anything that week so they can save the energy for the next big fight scene. Yeah, I'm cool with it. But it happens all the fucking time. Uh, there was at one point, I, sorry, I didn't realise it was 50 seconds for the elevator shot uh, that was talked about as part of episode 22, but at one point Shinji goes to leave uh, the the project, the nerve. Project, Mm. and he's basically put on a train and told to fuck off, um, by two heavies because his dad's not going to do it impersonally. Yeah, um, he standing there. They they reveal that Sunji never got on the train to leave, and he's going to come back to the Nerve Project. They do that by having him stand on the platform holding his briefcase after the train pulls away, and it's him staring at uh, uh, Misato, like just looking at her and just nothing. Complete dead silence. If yeah. I, if we did this, if we actually went to like the length of emulating that silence on this podcast, people would check their earphones to make yeah. sure they hadn't automatically sure they turned off or something or broken or something like that. It's it's like the longest fucking pause ever. And I was like, okay, they're gonna end it now. Like they're gonna build up the silence, and I get it now. It's uncomfortable. Nobody knows what to say to each other. Nobody knows yeah. what to do. Nobody knows how to react. That uh, Shinji's gonna come back and maybe try and make another go being a pilot, but at the same time, it's so fucking long
1: yeah. I mean I'm always, I've always never been a fan of those silent shots in anime anyway anime or movies, because there's always the shots, particularly in your, your action animes where there's the two people about to face off and then there's the, there's usually the sword, like clasp and the sword and yeah. the hilt then you hear the wind roll past then there'll be a good 15-20 seconds worth of silence and they'll rush at each other Yeah, I always hated that, I get it's building up tension and yeah. Showing you
0: how much the characters are overthinking things. Yeah, show
1: them, it's just like, well, if I do this, I leave an opening and he'll cut my head off or something. Yeah, It's it's good to build a thing, but having 53 seconds worth of it, I think it's just too much. I think you're yeah. pissing people off, or you're trying too hard to create a theme. Yeah. And I think that's where I ultimately don't like Hideki Anno's work. Right. Because he tries to create too much of a theme, he tries to force it a bit too much. Yeah. And I get that the guy's a revolutionary director, because... I've seen some of his stuff with the Evangelion movies and I've watched his Godzilla movie, Shin Godzilla. Mm. It's really good. Very heavy on the themes. Yeah. Uh, it, it ultimately kind of tries to make you sympathise with Godzilla a little bit, which is weird to do. Yeah. Because it shows you him like recoiling in horror as he's getting shot and yeah. the, the pain on his face, as much pain as you can get on the face of a giant monster yeah. when he's getting the oxygen deprivation machine shoved down his throat because that's ultimately how they kill they just choke him out <laughs> yeah they just choke him out they shove all these wires we're going to choke out him out from the inside they freeze him from the inside out uh, he ultimately I think he goes just a touch too far yeah. with it but ultimately I don't think Evangelion is for someone like me Evangelion is for people that are heavily into sort of the anime and manga yeah not just ma- uh, mecha anime and manga it's, it's anime a lot. in general
0: it's a lot it's very dense and you were talking about like forcing a theme Yep. I would heard that there was uh, allusions to Christian mythology, and well, you know, the main enemy is called the angels. Yeah. So it's going to be, and it's it's that classical view of the angels that I mean, people, are like, oh, an angel is such a nice caring figure. Uh, if you read the Bible and go to the Old Testament, angels are fire and brimstone. Yeah. They do not fuck
1: around. Yeah, they they do not fuck about.
0: It. And that idea in supernatural that uh, they would you know show up at one point and we just realize that well, time to deal with the the monkey people as uh, best we can, and we might as well just annihilate them any objections nah not really fuck them like just annihilate everything like it's that level of like the angel metaphor of just you know it's not human it doesn't have human emotions the way we think of things it just says well I'm going to take the most logical path which is annihilate humanity uh, the only thing is that's not the most important part of the show the most important part of the show is the fucking constant bombardment of crucifixes yeah a lot of
1: uh, Christ imagery
0: it's so it's some it's, i was thinking maybe it's going to be kind of subtle slid in in little places not even kind yep. of subtle
1: they hit, they hit you over the head with it in a few scenes from they've it, it's
0: almost a little much in yep. places i'm like okay i'm only 14 episodes in i've seen about 20 crucifixes so far yep. not only in just the design of the like there's sometimes you just see it subtly in the design of certain things yep. and there's a, like at one point i saw it in the in a road map of like one of the white like, parts of Tokyo 3 I was like, okay, there's a crucifix there. I spoiled that. They then fire a laser beam down it to highlight the fact that it's a crucifix by having it blow up in the middle of like a cross section so that it blows out like it fires down the street, yeah, blows up in the middle, and then just splits out into a fucking laser beam cru- yeah, crucifix. So I was like, guys, this is not subtle. Yeah. This is not good. This is not re- like if this was revolutionary, what were we doing before?
1: Yeah. I mean, if maybe before it was unsubtle hints. Yeah. Now, Hideki Arnold just wants to beat you over the head with
0: it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to keep going with it. I'll give you final thoughts next week or next time we do a podcast yep. Um, that I'll watch all the episodes. I'll get the movies done as well because there's the uh, end of Even and was it the death of Evangelion or whatever?
1: Uh, the only ones I know that are the. Because there's the, the 26
0: main episodes and then there's two movies to follow up because the yep. ending of the show was a bit. Yeah. So they wanted to actually end it with yeah, a movie. I think there is definitely
1: the end of Evangelion and, and there's another one. There's I'm another not sure. one. It's
0: Death of Something.
1: The only one I know, the only movies that I know of were the 1.1, 2.2, 3.3 ones. Yeah. And that's just retelling the story of the show. Yeah.
0: I might but go I'm and watch not those not see totally if it's sure. any better because at this well, point... The animation
1: is definitely better. Not hard. They clean it up a lot.
0: Yeah. And the I,
1: fact they redid the whole thing, I think. That's why it took so damn long to come out.
0: It's, uh, it's feeling like a bit of a slog. Not just because it's a heavy, meaty intellectual anime it's because it's clunky as fuck yeah. and it's aged and it's uh it's taking a, a time to get through it do and you just, think that your modern anime fan has
1: grown past the the heavy hitting aspect of evangelion do you think they've just over and they've grown out of it they just think oh we have other things to do that better
0: i think it's there, I think you're right on the idea that there are other shows that do it better mm. and I think it's hard to appreciate a classic with current technology I mean I've had discussion before of um, someone who talked about Star Wars because they saw Star Wars before when it came into cinema mm-hmm. like the first time literally the phrase there was nothing like this yeah. before this happened and I do think certain things deserve a little bit of, uh, of relevance or reverence sorry Um when they have that status, and I think Evangelion probably qualifies for it, yeah, so I don't want to be kind of betraying my own principle. They were saying that sh- things should be observed with awareness of where they were presented. Hmm. Um, so I mean like I, I, but this just feels like um Citizen King, like it feels that way that it's it's a classic it's the one of the best things ever made, but since then everyone has learned from that thing, yeah, and has presented things better or has done things better. Than Evangelion, I think it's it's hard to judge it right now as someone who watches more modern things that do things better than Evangelion has done in certain places. But yeah. at the same time, knowing that it was never done like this before, yeah, I got You got to appreciate it on that. It's level. good to
1: see the origin point, but I just my my worry is that.
0: It gets a free pass because yeah. it's the origin. Does point. it get
1: a free pass because it's the origin, or are people going to look at it more critically now? And I suppose with the air quotations controversy about the the alterations, does it get downvoted yeah. and then shifted from the public eye?
0: The main thing that people want to moan about is the fact that the the ending the, the ending of each episode used to be flying me at the moon. Yeah, but they can't get that, now. and they can't get it. And it's like, oh, it ruins the entire. Sh-. No, it doesn't. I'm sorry I'm watching it right now doesn't I don't care that fly, I, hear, I know Fly Me to the Moon yeah. by Frank Sinatra I've got it playing in my head randomly at any point in day yeah.
1: it's the only good version because I've heard the, the version that they've used for the show it's not Frank Sinatra yeah. it's a Japanese
0: singer or something like that Sinatra's probably going to be a better version of it yeah it's not great and uh, I, I just I'm sorry the, the the song I've got there works it works yeah. perfectly fine does the job yeah I enjoy the uh a, a Cruel Angel Thesis the intro yeah. Fun. I like it. Very, very poppy. Very, very of the time. Yeah. It feels like it was trying to compete with Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Even well, though it wasn't.
1: Yeah. You can't compete with Cowboy Bebop in terms of opening themes. Tank yeah. is just a fucking perfect song.
0: So, I, I I, think it's. I am looking at it thinking this might have been revered too much. Yeah. There's think- criticisms of it that are being ignored, but I, it's still fine. It's still perfectly. Yeah. I think
1: like you said good. I think people give it a free pass because it was so revolutionary at the time mm. upon rewatches people are just thinking it was re- it was good at the time so it's ultimately still good now yeah. but it, it just seems like i kind of sure that again talking about what I spoke about earlier mm. there's just too much hype about it
0: yeah to bring it back to the idea of that the, the mal site yeah to give it its score there is 8.4 the highest is I think Death Note might still be the highest rated anime on there all the time Cause it's you, pish Love it or hate it yeah you gotta admit it's a very well made anime yeah I'll, get, I'll give you so that it's absurdly it absurd- good yeah, really well really well drawn really well animated it might not be your thing but at the same time yeah. it's still a damn good show again as I think it would be it would
1: be a fantastic show if they ended it five episodes earlier
0: oh end it after Elle's gone
1: yeah when L, L kicks the bucket have that as light Kira's big big victory then show him then just leave it at that don't do this whole uh, Kira has to die Yeah, you, you've, you've already ended the big main battle yeah. having him fight two other sub lights is kind of sh- no, sub L's is pretty shit
0: actually sorry I made a big mistake there Okay. Uh, top anime of all time on Mal is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood okay I've heard good things hard to argue with that one I've uh, not
1: watched it but I've heard a lot of
0: people saying it's really good uh, after that wow really Shungeki no in which is Attack on Titan season 3 part 2 interesting at 9.19 I don't think that's everyone's reviews are all in for that one yeah but <laughs> one at,
1: person rating it that high
0: the full, the the efficiency of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood compared to a half a season of an anime not entirely buying that yeah. one but Death Note's definitely still up there I think yeah. but again that's the score for the top anime of all time 9.24
1: and that's uh, Fullmetal Alchemist yes Right.
0: and then Evangelion is 8.44 I think this is being held in a weirdly reverent place yeah
1: I think it's been it's still resting on its laurels mm-hmm. and I think if people watch it nowadays they're going to get a totally different uh, feel for the movie or feel for the show because one of the best rated superhero movies of all time is the original Batman movie but I went back and rewatched that recently it's a good film Um Tim Burton directing the Batman movie actually kind of fits the theme of the overall movie, but it's still not a—it's not a great it's not a Batman movie. Yeah, there's still at one point his cape lifts up and you can see the the corset straps that hold the batsuit on his back. Yeah, and he's wearing Nikes.
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry, Nikes.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. So the score for even is eight point two three. I think the problem is though that as soon as if you were to come back at this the way I am having never seen it and reviewing it as a new piece of media in 2019 and saying it's a bit kind of oh it's good but it's not yeah. perfect um it doesn't deserve the top spot on lists i think if, if you're you could overthink about it for decades the only problem is the immediate critique the immediate response would be well you're watching the netflix version you're not watching yeah. the real version yeah, well the real version costs about 200 to ship from the u.s if i can get it
1: yeah that it's not worth it. You could probably hunt anime conventions and find them in pieces, but ultimately the Netflix version is the, probably the most consistent version that people are going to get.
0: It's the version you can actually get your hands on.
1: Yeah. is You're actually going to be able to watch it. You don't have to wait three weeks and pay 200 and something plus dollars yeah. to get it. So yeah,
0: So yeah, I I give it a go. I, I definitely say it's worth watching. If you can't get into the style of it, I wouldn't blame you. Because yeah. fuck me, it's clunky. I've watched...
1: Evangelion stuff before so I was all ready to give it, a, give it a pass but a few people have said give it a try you might like it so I'm willing to give it a couple episodes but we'll see
0: you know I honestly don't think you will really? I, I don't w- think I'll make it? I think you're going to be really frustrated with Shinji yeah. I really think because a show's protagonist sells the rest of the show Yeah. Shinji is very he's, he's a whiny little bitch to the point of being unlikable which takes some
1: effort yeah because if there's one thing that I've noticed I can't really put up with things like that anymore yeah. if people if just say Shinji his whole point is to get in the meg if he doesn't do that I'm going to get pissed Yeah, because I've been watching a lot of Twitch streams of people playing um, games that I know inside and out yeah. I watched someone play Resident Evil 2 and they spent 45 minutes going through the shopping uh, the little gas station at the start of the game Yeah, that is a 5 minute section at most and I'm just sitting there losing my mind going leave the petrol station Leave the fucking petrol station. Mm. So yeah, I think that might kind of hamper my watching of I, I think Evangelion. The,
0: prob- the problem is as well is that as I say we're now watching these type of things approaching thirty. Yeah, I have no there's time a bit for of cynicism in there. I have no time for teenage melodrama anymore.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the, the quickly waffling.
0: Yeah, true. Go with that. Two things or there's giant titties involved. So I yeah. mean, there's not a lot going on in the show that I, th- I don't think you'll enjoy. It. I think you'll walk away going, ah, no. I said no for me dog Yeah, give it the three episodes the three episode rule exists in anime for a reason yeah, and would I'll, say I'll watch it I'll give it a story. shot
1: purely based on it's pedigree though I'll give yeah. it a shot because I've never walked into an anime that people have recommended that doesn't really have a pedigree and walked out liking it mm. but even at that with Death Note and Gurren Lagann I watched all of those and I was like that was, no I didn't make it, I actually didn't make it past episode 6 of Gurren yeah because the main character dies within the first couple of episodes
0: it's episode like, 10 is ten? I actually got a message from uh, Son of Odin. The Odin Son has reached out on Twitter, right. and I was talking about uh, was talking about going He said, "Oh yeah, uh, something something about and Lagan." And he said, "Yeah, but you'll have to make it through a certain character's death." I said, "Look, honestly, I didn't like that character.
1: If it's the car, yeah, it's the character I'm thinking. It of. It is the character yeah, you're thinking of. His voice actor voices uh, Ryu in Street Fighter, so I was all." I'm all into that character, but mm. if they if he dies at a certain point and they just
0: spend the rest of the show talking about it, yeah, I'm fucking done with it. They, they pretty much do, and it's, it's just bullshit. It's yeah, it's again, it's more of that teenage melodrama that we just don't have time for anymore. Yeah, it's. it's really, I'm really, really glad I left that part of my life behind, and I don't yeah. want to go back to it. Um, I I can throw out a quick anime recommendation because I know I've talked about it for like 45 minutes at this point. Yeah. Um, I've been really enjoying Attack on Titan season three. Okay. Um, I would say that the last the episodes that have released on the dub which is uh perfect game hero and uh black I think black sunrise or midnight sunrise okay three of the best episodes that show has ever produced mostly i mean the animation is unbelievable uh at one point the uh the, the episode perfect game refers to uh baseball and uh well, the one the titans refers to uh like f- he's throwing rock he's throwing boulders but he's doing it with baseball uh, style moves no, right. the animation of it is freakish it's, it's, he's drawn long he's a long like lanky character mm. and they overextend it to play the kind of metaphor Like to make it really obvious this is a baseball thing we're talking about yeah. here he's pitching crushed up boulders and using it as shrapnel Dumb. and he is laying waste to a town and then laying waste to soldiers using this crushed up boulders and it's amazing but the, uh, the the fight for uh, I think it's Tru- it's not Trosk it's uh, the, the prefecture that Aaron comes from the fight for that area is three of the best episodes that show's ever produced because it's it's everything that Attack and Titan does right and it's the best presentation of it mm-hmm. I've seen to date because Attack and Titan does a lot of good stuff and sometimes does the good stuff wrong oh, but right. this, um, I mean it's sometimes, again, it's way too melodramatic half of the answer's in, or half the uh, the resolutions in the show are screaming, and the action's fantastic. It's always been consistently great throughout the seasons. It's the main selling point of season one is, oh my god, would you look at this thing that's happening in front of you, and it's it's gorgeous, it's well put together, and the you know the character wants it really shine through. There's a bit of back and forth about certain decisions that are made in the show, but I would say if you were going to get back into it, it's worth it now to get into it for season 3 episodes, especially for part 2. Part 1 yeah. was good, part 2 has been even better. Hmm. And uh, there's the announcement that season 4 will be the last season of the anime and it will wrap up in 2020. Yeah. Because the manga is also finishing at the same time. So, if you're like us and watch Game of Thrones and are now very, very worried about artists for a TV project running ahead of source material, yeah, this is going to get very interesting. Oh no yeah. So, yeah, I'm about to go back and watch because the episode wasn't out before I came up here uh, to the podcast was to make sure that we have the next couple episodes will feature the big uh, the reveal of what's in the basement, which has been the driving force of the show for the last three or four uh, seasons. All right. So I kind of need to see what's in that basement. And then I do know that they, uh, they achieve another major goal because I watched the uh, the Japanese, uh, like a, a clip of it on uh, twi- Twitter. Yeah, because somebody posted up, look at the fucking animation of this thing. And I was like, oh my god, that is gorgeous. I can't wait for that. So, season three will end on a, a really good note. um. But how you proceed with season four, since the manga isn't finished and the anime itself will finish about the same time, I don't think we're going to get to the end before the manga readers do. But at the same time, because it's being produced for twenty twenty, that means they're gonna have to work either with minimal infer- Like they need to start now. Yeah, they've probably started drawing in production now. Um, they are gonna need to like work kind of without all of the safety wheels in place. Hmm. I'm a bit concerned, mostly because of Game of Thrones. So
1: I do not think the smart thing to do in that respect would be get the rough sort of eggshell design of the story from the manga writer. Yeah, and just take it for there, and just check in every so often. Don't do what the, uh, Vice and Benioff did, and just make their own shit up. Say this is how it's going to happen. You get to your end, yeah. in your own way. That is the wrong way to do it.
0: Yeah, don't end with don't give like a couple of bullet points. And say this person must. Yeah. this is how the final ending must be. Get there by yourself. Yeah. Say this happens. This happens. This happens. like level, lay out five to ten bullet points of these are key events that must happen to explain yeah. the world. So I think that I think they're going to do that. I think that they're very smart about it, especially with *Takentine*. It's, it is the *Game of Thrones* of anime in both its stature and its uh, brutality. Hmm. I'd say if you mess it up, especially after *Game of Thrones*, people are going yeah, to are really going to revolt about that. And I can't stand another. But the manga's better.
1: Yeah, but that's going to haunt me every fucking property, yeah. No matter what. I know you said you're, you're done with teen melodrama, but we're going to talk about some more goddamn teen melodrama because I saw Spider-Man Far From Home.
0: There's teen melodrama, okay. All yeah. right.
1: Spider-Man is 16. Hmm. Uh, that's that's actually one of the things I prefer about this version of Spider-Man because Spider-Man's not in high school and looking like a 30-year-old man like he was in the original. <laughs> and he wasn't... Uh, how old was he? I think he? was. I think he was 18 in The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, but again, looking like he was about 30. Yeah. This uh, Spider-Man actually looks like he was old enough to be in high school because he's only what, 22, I think. He, Tom Tom Holland's long not that old. Nah, he's not. 20, maybe even 20. I don't know, he might not even be 22. But uh, ultimately, I'm going to start off with my rating of the whole movie. Yeah. I'm going to give it a solid 8.5. Right. Really good movie. It does enough in the show to remind you that this is post Endgame. Yeah. This is a damaged Peter. Yeah. he had lost the safety net and the people in New York and around Peter they're suffering the effects of the blip is what they call it mm-hmm. I, there's been so many names for it there's the decimation there's the snap because the, uh, it was the term the blip was made by Peter's high school colleagues because yeah. they have this they opened the movie with a little in memoriam type thing made yeah. by the people made by the high schoolers Right. so it's all like Getty image watermarks and stuff over pictures of Iron Man and stuff right. <laughs> in memoriam is spelt in Comic Sans. it's pretty funny it's a good way to open it to remind you that this isn't, this isn't going to be yeah. Endgame so just lower your fucking expectations this is post
0: snap we're getting back to kind of business as usual yeah, with Marvel getting, Heroes yeah.
1: and that's why that's why I like it is getting back to business as usual because you have the huge bombastic fucking over the top action of Endgame now you're going to you're going to the friendly neighbourhood you're going yeah. back to uh, going back to Spider-Man and the movie opens with like I said the memoriam and then it goes to Peter uh, in, dressed in the Iron Spider outfit yeah doing a sort of fundraiser with Aunt May to help the people of New York recover after the but it's kind of a like a food hall type thing it's just like get come yeah. and get the food bank type thing yeah and it's just like come meet Spider-Man come get your photos and then everyone's talking at I'm saying Spider-Man what are you going to do now that Iron Man's not here are you going to step up are you going to be the next Iron Man and they have that kind of overwhelm scene where he goes oh I've got to go and he points yeah. away and that's when you get the opening shot from. that's when you get one of the shots for the trailer where it's him with his mask off looking up at the mural of Tony Stark mm-hmm. and then it kind of, that kind of sets the whole team for it because he's, he's obviously he's missing Tony Stark he's not really sure what his next step is going to be but the whole film is set to the backdrop of a sort of class trip to Europe Mm-hmm. So he's just looking forward to leaving the costumes and stuff behind, yeah. going and being a sixteen-year-old kid hanging out with his friends, you know, awkwardly talking to his crush and what have you. And there's a lot of that in this movie. Yeah, I think that kind of helps a bit because it reminds you that Spider-Man is just a teenager. Yeah, he's not a billionaire like Tony Stark. He's not a you know genius gamma physicist with seven PhDs under his belt like Doctor Banner. Yeah, he's not a super soldier. It just reminds you that he is more grounded than any other character. And it's it's
0: good to have him go back to being a kid. Yeah,
1: and ultimately he's the, with the exception of Captain Marvel and Thor, who are off world, he's kind of the strongest Avenger that's left in the left on Earth. Yeah, the, physically the strongest because obviously they've got War Machine, but he's, he's got the suit. Like powers wise, he's probably one of the strongest Avengers left on the planet. Yeah. And uh, obviously he goes to as you probably seen from the trailers, he goes to Europe. He, finds that there's these elemental things that are tearing through Venice and all these places that he happens to be at then uh, Nick Fury intercepts him says, uh, his whole thing is he disappeared five years ago before the blip he come back, he doesn't know anybody, he's got no contacts he used to cover the globe, now he's got nothing mm. so he kind of, he reigns Spider-Man and saying, you need to step up, Tony Stark gone, he trusted you with you know, leading the a Avengers su- yeah
0: he gave you a suit he gave you the, yeah. the keys to the castle
1: yeah. you are whether you like it or not the next the next Iron Man and uh, they do that kind of well because it shows them that he's just no I don't want to be Iron Man no one can be Iron Man I don't want to try and step up to that yeah. so I'm just going to keep my feet on the ground I'm going to you know, keep solving shit on my end get Captain Marvel get Doctor Strange get fucking Thor I'm not going to do any of this shit yeah. and eh uh, there's a lot of back and forth that I kind of wish they would speed up a bit because uh, Nick Fury
0: it, it feels like they maybe went over the question again and again yeah, and again and, and it's he, like, dude, we get it he's he goes, in trouble he can't figure it. it out
1: they go through it about two or three times and it's, most of it is just Nick Fury shouting at Spider-Man going, you need to step the fuck up you need to grow the fuck up and it gets to the point where just thinking shit, I got off the pot yeah, <laughs> you're, you're pissing me off here, Spider-Man
0: we get the core question, movie move on yeah
1: <laughs> But uh, the one of the best editions of this is actually uh, Quentin Beck as Mysterio. Yeah, he's really good throughout the uh, throughout the entire movie.
0: Straight Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah, straight Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I-, I could trust him to lead a weird character like that.
1: Yeah, and it's a very um, duplicitous character because a very two faced character. Because on the one hand, he's being he's has he has to keep up the false pretense of being a superhero. Uh, should also say before I go any further heavy spoilers yeah so uh, you're not really bothered about spoilers but for those out there who are thinking I'm going to go and see Spider-Man but I'm going to listen to this new Jibberpush episode first pause this episode first of all and- thank you uh, yeah <laughs> thank you for the downloads appreciate it uh, love you uh, pause this episode go and watch the movie and then come back but spoilers, have be- or spoilers will be getting made uh, so you've got the superhero Quentin Beck who's trying to keep up the pretense of being from another dimension and then you've got the the regular Quentin Beck is just using his his drones as technology to keep up this act, this illusion that he is going to be the next uh, Tony Stark in order to get a certain item from Peter. And the item that he's after is a th- is a an AI called Edith, which is linked to these glasses that uh, Tony leaves to Peter, and they can control anything. They control all the Stark satellites. They can control basically anything that Tony could. Mm-hmm. as related to Stark Industries can now be controlled by Peter or whoever has the glasses and after they take down the elementals Peter kind of gets a bit starstruck saying no you're the next Iron Man you have all these crazy powers you have, all, you can control these cool laser beams you beat the elementals I'm going to transfer control of, the, uh, control of Edith to you and of course he goes no nah, I couldn't do that yeah sure I'll take <laughs> well if you insist that was the one bit of the movie that I just kind of thought he kind of took that a bit too quickly he could have done that a bit better because yeah. I would have preferred it if there was a bit of no 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 Tony said you should have them and he, he does do that but it's almost like Tony said you should have them okay if you want me to have them I'll take them, I'll yeah. take them. and he, he, trans- he transfers ownership and stuff and then after that is when you get the big reveal that he's just a fucking shyster he's talking absolute shit yeah. and then all the all the uh, drones that are putting up the hologram technology they sort of appear the hologram disappears and you see all his cronies behind them that's when you get the reveal that they're all former Stark Industries employees from yeah. different parts of the movie and you see uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character superimposed into the back of the Civil War sort of therapy presentation when he's going through when Tony Stark's going through one of the one of his memories where he's talking to his mom and his dad the day before they died yeah. that hologram technology was made by Quentin Beck then you see him at the back of the stage show as Tony Stark's walking away before he gets cornered by that mother that says my son died in Sokovia what are you going to do about it yeah. then it cuts to the person that operates all the projectors getting shouted at by Obadiah Stane from the first Iron Man movie. Hmm. I kind of thought, I trust Marvel to take to flex on people that much You say, alright, we're going to get this guy in for a cameo, we're going to bring him back for this movie, because we
0: can. Yeah. We, we didn't fuck up our timeline that much. It, it, it's a very impressive move, and we were joking about this before we started the podcast, was it? It's a flex that only Marvel can do, and you can only flex this hard when you have an established... Like yeah. committed fan base committed to a um, a continuous world, yeah. rather than just individual movies. It's a it's a very
1: focused effort on continuity, just to keep things continuous throughout. It. And it, and it pays off throughout the movie. It ultimately cements the fact that these guys are so spurned by Iron Man that they won't do anything, even if it has tarnished his legacy. And that's ultimately what Mysterio wants to do. He wants to become better than Tony Stark. He wants to wipe his legacy off. Off the face of the earth, and just become the next Iron Man and be better than him, mm. because of some because of ego, and that's what Mysterio's always been about. It's ego. It's yeah. just I don't need powers to be the best. Yeah. I can trick people into being the best. People love a good story. Yeah. And uh, obviously, as you could probably guess, they didn't do the Captain Marvel thing, Right. of saying, "Oh, Mysterio's is actually the good guy. The bad guy was actually," ex-. no, he's he's the bad guy, and he plays it pretty well because it's basically. It's basically he's fighting an evil Iron Man because he's got the technology and he's got the 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 team behind him, and he is it's not so much an out and out fist fight because Quentin Beck's just a regular dude, yeah. But against Spider Man, he knows he can trick him because he's an naive teenager.
0: And if you have Spider Man Man throwing punches, somebody's going through a fucking wall. Yeah,
1: and he can use his intelligence. He can use his uh, his technology to outsmart Spider Man. And they they, they kind of hint at the start of the movie that there's something going wrong with the spider sense. Right. His it's, it's spider sense has always been there because it shows you that in Civil War when the sort of the extendable tunnel thing that connects you to the plane that falls on top of him, but he doesn't pay attention. You see the kind of screen shrink on him. Yeah. And he thinks all right, I need to catch this. Uh, but at the start of the the film, they show it in a kind of a weird way because Aunt May throws him a banana. Mm. and he doesn't immediately catch it and she goes oh is there something wrong with your Peter Tingle that's <laughs> your Peter Tingle Peter Tingle that's pretty funny and he goes oh no it's fine my spider sense is fine but then you kind of get through the rest of the film that it's kind of off and right. it, it's more emotionally linked than anything because spider sense would work constantly in other yeah, other avenues but now it's kind of linked to his emotions if he trusts someone it's not going to flare up to anything weird around them. so if he says oh there's something off in the distance but it's kind of centred around Quentin Beck yeah Spider-Sense isn't going to kick in it's kind of he has to focus it a bit more
0: it's, a, it's like an interesting way of dealing with what would be Peter Parker's PTSD and that he went through hell because yeah. his mentor Tony was willing to go with him yeah. and now the mentor's gone who does he trust how does he trust yeah. can he actually make an honest connection like that and then to have it affect something that's so core to Spider-Man yeah. is a great move yeah. and it, it
1: helps that it helps this drive the story along because he's lost his mentor, like you said, and he's so desperate to try and find a new mentor that he's willing to trust anybody.
0: Yeah, and, and when, when you he, pair that up with someone who is a fraudster, someone yeah. who is an illusionary an illusionist, someone who it, I think it, when we watched the the cartoons, he was was he psychic, was he or was he able to just project delusions? He or, had no powers whatsoever. But uh. in the original
1: cartoon, the nineties cartoon that we watched, he was just a master visual effects artist. He worked in movies. Yeah. So he know he knew how to do the smoking mirrors. Obviously, that doesn't really fly in in the modern movies because they need to make these huge, massive fucking set pieces. So technology, Stark technology, is always yeah. the it's always the massive drawback of the new Marvel movies because oh, we're going to make this, we're going to make this giant nuclear weapon. What is it made out of? Stark technology. When are we going to get away from that? <laughs> <laughs> because Ultron, Stark technology. That he Ultron was originally made by Hank Pym. As a century for the world, yeah, uh, and there was something else that was uh, Vision was just he was made by, I think Reed Richards or something like that. This time he's Stark technology. Yeah, it's just, they they fall back on Stark technology so much, but they've they definitely did try to make.
0: It's weird they didn't do the PIM thing, but yeah. Reed Richards, you're kind of stuck with the whole Fox licensing yeah. thing, which I mean, guess you can fix it now, but at the time you make it, it. yeah Kinda of not worth it. <clears throat> yeah, not
1: really worth it. Uh, and they, they did definitely try to make Tony Stark the ultra genius of yeah. the MCU, even smarter than Bruce Banner. Which doesn't really sit well with me because Bruce Banner is I think hyper smart.
0: I think Bruce Banner is definitely still smarter. I think the issue is that uh Tony Stark's better is selling it. He's more to do with industrial side of things. He's, I mean, I just was saying earlier, watched uh, a bit of Iron Man one, and it's he's literally a weapons marketer. Yeah. At one point, he's selling his technology, selling, and he's coming from a lineage of that. Like his father did the same thing during World War Two, and it's part of his DNA is to make something and sell it, and he's good at it, so he markets it well. So if his technology is everywhere, it's because he's damn good at selling damn good products.
1: Yeah, and. They kind of. I think it's the earmark of a Spider Man movie where they have to keep bringing Tony Stark up. Because obviously, Tony Stark was a heavy selling point in Spider Man Homecoming to the point where the image that they use for Iron Man on the front cover is much bigger than the image that he uses for Spider Man. Hmm. They say it's just to try and show perspective, but no. It's just. (laughs) Tony Stark's much bigger because apparently they look at him as playing a more pivotal role than Peter in Spider Man Homecoming, which is fucking strange. Uh, and yeah. this one, that
0: to be fair, was Tom Holland's first Spider-Man movie, so oh, yeah. maybe they're like, we can't guarantee Tom Holland will win this one over for everyone. Yeah, well, but kind of big hitter, we got the heavy hitter Robert Downey Jr. right there, I mean, he yeah. still fits in the Iron Man suit. Yeah, we can rubber. bore him for like 10-15 minutes, right?
2: Yeah,
1: and he's—I think he's in the movie for about half an hour in total. Yeah, he's, he's in there for a lot of the movie. But in this one, they—they they definitely try and mess with Peter a bit more, particularly Mysterio, because part of his illusion technology is he can basically just. Surround, make his drones surround people and make him see kind of similar to the Arkham Knight Scarecrow missions Yeah, he can just create a reality around them so there's one point where he's running through his high school and his his suits are constantly changing so he goes from the the black stealth suit that S.H.I.E.L.D. give him then when he gets uh, Mysterio fucking around with him he's in the the blue and red suit Mm. that Tony Stark gave him then as he keeps going further back he's going into the old pyjama suit that he made himself and then at one point he's in the sort of the basement or he's in a kind of graveyard looking place and Mysterio's talking to him all the way through it so he's saying you couldn't you couldn't save this person you couldn't save that person maybe if you were better this person would have lived and then the grave of Tony Stark appears in front of him and Tony Stark's sorry zombie body jumps out <laughs> and then Mysterio says maybe if you were better Tony would still be alive and then at one point uh, there was a w- woman sitting in front of me, in the cinema I just kind of went, oh, "That's too far." <laughs> <laughs> he's as no, as he's as barely it's... even cold.
0: <laughs> he, we buried him yesterday. <laughs> I
1: only seen Endgame yesterday. It's yeah. I thought that's it's good for the character, but ultimately, I think we could have leaned a bit less on Tony Stark. But the whole movie doesn't happen without Tony Stark. Yeah, Quentin Beck doesn't try and get Spider-Man without Tony Stark. Uh, t- Spider Man doesn't get edith with it, Tony Stark. Yeah, I th- I'm kind of looking forward
0: to Spider Man three, where they just have Peter Parker doing know. Peter Parker Peter things Parker should, yeah. without the uh, the hangover basically of the Avengers yeah. Endgame. But I, I mean, I think it might be necessary. I think it's a good story to tell. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to not have everyone. I mean, with some of the Avengers movies, it it does feel like the, the, you know you have the big summer blockbuster and then that's it. There's no consequences, but yeah. the, the draw of the MCU is it is a constant world, yeah, and that things happen that affect other worlds, and that's why when in Iron Man uh, 3, after uh, after the you know, Age of Ultron, they drop uh, a city, and uh, somebody people die yeah. in that city, and then someone comes up and says, hey, that last thing, that last big battle you had, killed my son. The fuck are you people doing? Oh, that's in Civil War. It's civil war, Iron
1: Man 3 is when he's got the PTSD from taking the nuke into the, uh, yeah. the wormhole above New York.
0: But there's there's a point where the actions of these big blockbusters have a consequence. Yeah. And I don't think it's a bad idea to show that it would come through on some of the heroes as well. Yeah. The same way that RMAD has the PTSD um effect of you know visiting another realm with a yeah. spacesuit and almost dying. With a nuclear bomb stuck yeah. to your back. Um I think you know there's it's worth looking at what would happen to the heroes of those stories in the event of an absolute like catastrophic nightmare and the, the idea of losing your mentor should maybe be addressed in certain places. Yeah. So
1: my last uh, last point I'm going to make about it is they do set up for the third spider man movie quite well. Okay. Uh, what they do is during the final battle, which is set in London.
0: All right, that? Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Set on a London bridge because uh, Quentin Beck is hiding on one hiding on one of the tunnels above London Bridge. A tunnels that are connecting London Bridge and he's just guiding drones about the place. Uh eventually as you can probably guess Peter finds his way through the drones through the illusions using his uh, he's able to finally focus his spider sense mm. to let him see what's real and what's not uh, and he he, get, he finally he corners Quentin Beck and he's he's kind of destroying the drones he's saying it, it's over you, you're doing the whole it's over you've lost just give up type thing and he says doesn't matter I have contingencies and then the next scene that you see is one of his little one of his uh, companions downloading something on a USB stick Right, closing his laptop and getting the fuck out of there, and then uh, one of the—I should say—before that, during the fight, one of the drones shoots Quentin Beck. so he's kind of dying. Peter doesn't really kill him, right? He just—he he has. I assume his whole thing was to try and bring him in. Yeah. So before before he dies, he says, "None of this matters. I've got contingencies in place, kid. You're not ready for this." Then his uh, final words to him are something along the lines of, "Wouldn't." This, uh, both of us couldn't really be Tony Stark or something right. some some last quip to get a Spider-Man but at the end of it uh, he has the obligatory scene where he's hooked up with MJ, he's finally very very awkwardly admitted that he has feelings for the, the weird girl in his class and uh, they're doing the obligatory swinging through the city scene mm-hmm. happened in all the other Spider-Man movies, has to happen in this one so they're swinging through the city and then there's a couple of fun bits. There's a bit where he takes a photo of himself to send to MJ when he's swinging and going pick her up. It's taken from the Spider-Man PS4 game because he's doing the same pose with the fingers on right. and you can tell that someone has put... Or that whoever made this movie took that directly from Insomniac Spider-Man game from PS4. Yeah, And it made sense because the day it got released on in cinemas, you could get the Far From Home costumes in the PS4 game. Mm. So, you could tell that maybe they were working with, working with that technology for a bit before. Yeah. Because the minute I seen it, I thought, that's from the fucking PS4 game. You cannot hide that. Yeah. I, I know that. That's iconic. I've seen it. Yeah. And then, then but he drops off MJ and they say, oh, i see you later, or whatever. And then he hops up onto a lamppost ready to swing away. Then a, a news bulletin comes up and he, and he says, we have this uh, new footage coming in from controversial news source, the Daily Bugle, which is now a kind of InfoWars type uh, show instead of a newspaper and he said, we have this uh, footage coming in and it's Quentin Beck saying "Oh, uh, people in New York my name is Quentin Beck also known as Mysterio please uh, send help uh, I've been attacked by Spider-Man he just came in and he started beating the shit out of me and destroying all my equipment uh, and then he shows him footage uh, cut footage of him saying uh, execute them all or something because he has to say to Edith execute all kill commands and right. he says yeah sure execute them all when he's shouting to Edith and then he's cut that and at the end of it he says oh if and if you're looking for Spider-Man I know his name Spider-Man's name is Peter Parker then you get the kind of Home Alone ending of him going oh no (laughs) I thought that's not really the strongest ending but it did show J. Jonah Jameson once again played by J.K. Simmons which is the best sentence of all time which is the best ending of a Marvel movie I've ever seen for two reasons one J.K. Simmons is back in Marvel two J.K. Simmons is away from the train wreck that is DC (laughs) because I love DC Comics DC Comics in my mind are better than Marvel Comics but DC movies are nowhere near as good as Marvel movies. And J.K. Simmons is the quintessential J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. Although they make him bald in this movie. They don't give him the... What's wrong with that? That's not... <laughs> I know,
0: but if you... Look me in the eyes. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Exam. You be bald if you want. Yeah. But they make
1: him bald. And I always associate J. Jonah Jameson with the like the guile grey hair. Yeah. But maybe they maybe they give him a wig in the next one. But I I am just glad that J Jonah Jameson is back in the Spider-Man franchise and it's the same actor from the the Sam Raimi movies.
0: But and we get a parody of Infowars, which yeah, is always the it's best not
1: thing. even subtle. <laughs> <laughs> They're just taking jabs because it's the same kind of uh, desk that Alex Jones has—that weird kind of triangular one. Yeah, uh, and it's the same kind of backdrop, but different color, same kind of wavy flag thing, and the Daily Bugle sign. Is the same font as Infowars. <laughs> it's just—it's not even a subtle jab. I bet if Alex Jones is watching, he's just going, "Hey, that's me." Wait, no, it isn't?
0: They're turning me gay. They're turning me gay like a frog. <laughs>
1: but it does highlight that the next Spider-Man movie is probably going to be Spider-Man against the Scorpion because J. Jonah Jameson basically creates the Scorpion to hunt down Spider-Man. Right. Oh, okay. So it'd be cool to see that, yeah. and it'd be cool to see Spider-Man doing shit on his own. Yeah. Although I swear to Christ, if they kill Aunt May, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> we finally, Marissa told me Aunt May is one of the best parts of the movie. Because yeah. she's, just, she's just your weird aunt. Like yeah. How she acts with Peter Parker is pretty funny. She's just an overbearing parent figure. It's yeah. awesome. Although she has a weird relationship with Happy, with, with John you? Favreau's character. Oh, right. That Peter's aware of but they never really Address, bring it in the open because yeah. at some point they're sitting talking to each other and Peter's just kind of side eyeing them going hey what the fuck is going on what's here? going on over and here there's one point when he's flying a, a jet yeah because uh, Peter I should also say it has some of the same beats as Iron Man right so Peter loses all of his suits and he, he manages to find a phone because right, I'll, I'll go back a bit uh, he's fighting Mysterio inside an abandoned building in Berlin mm-hmm. and he gets his shit pushed in and at the end of it Mysterio tricks him on a train tracks, and Spider-Man gets hit by a train. Right, <laughs> but apparently he's fine. Uh, well, um, I mean, Spider-Man, yeah, yeah, he's got spider powers, so he ends up in a, a prison somewhere in Denmark. <laughs> Because he just falls asleep in the train. I, don't, I think it's in Denmark or it's in the Netherlands somewhere. Because he wakes up with the nicest prisoners on the planet. Right. Just gonna go. Oh, we, you were, we seen that you were cold, so we gave you one of our t-shirts. <laughs> going. Oh, it's, it's very nice here. We we want to stay. We don't want to go home yet. It has a weird conversation with some very nice prisoners. So he's lost his suit, and uh, he finally he manages to find a phone. He gets in touch with Happy, and Happy says, "Stay or give me your coat, or give me your rough location. I'll bring the bring the jet. I'll come and get you." So he wanders in the middle of a field. The plane lands down, he gets picked up by Happy and he says, right, I can take you, I know where is going to be, but you need a suit. So he opens this big Stark technology suit creator thing and he starts mm. making a suit. Then you have that moment of Happy looking at him going, yeah. Tony picked right. That kind of, yeah. you you look just like Tony thing. So they get to London and for his big exit, he's clinging to the side of the jet mm. and the last thing he says to Happy before he jumps off, he says, we're going to have a talk about you and my aunt. Then he just <laughs> backflips off the plane. And just parachutes into, the, into London. <laughs> Stop
0: fucking my aunt.
1: <laughs> yes, leave Aunt May alone. But my, the final point I'm going to make on this is a lot of the reviews that I read coming up to this were comparing it to the PS4 game. And I ultimately think... I mean, the PS4 Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man property that, that has been for the past decade. Spider-Man Homecoming was good. Far From Home was fantastic. But Spider-Man PS4 gets Spider-Man. And I think it's totally going to ruin any Spider-Man property going forward because mm. Sp- the, even the older Spider-Man movies which weren't that great are now worse because of the PS4 game how well they got that yeah. and I think it's ultimately going to be a pretty hard bar to beat and I, I get why they're comparing it to it because Spider-Man PS4 if they turned that into a movie that'd be the perfect movie perfect mm-hmm. Spider-Man movie And but it's two different mediums it's two different mediums this yeah, is something that I've seen a lot of people comparing it to and I think I get why, but if you treat Far from, own, Far from Home as its own thing, separate from that, it's still fucking fantastic. It's well worth going to see. It's definitely it's the perfect palate cleanser from Endgame. Whereas Infinity War had uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, which was a fucking great movie. Endgame has Far From Home. I definitely recommend going to see. It, even if you're not a big uh, Spider Man fan, even if you think uh, Tom Holland the Spider Man is not great, which a lot of people do, I'd still recommend going to see it. It's yeah. it's worth a
0: watch. Yeah, my only thought on that is that that now means we can now refer to three movies as Spider-Man 2 kind yeah. of a little bit of a head fuck isn't it? yeah definitely
1: <laughs> and I don't like, That's the only Spider-Man 2 movie that I actually like because mm. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is garbage and I really don't fucking like Spider-Man 2 the Sam Raimi version yeah. uh, Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane Watson just screaming her fucking head off through the entire movie just pisses me off <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's bad
1: right.
0: I have uh, I've got a showstopper for you let's do it let's go for it you're not going to like this one probably not but that's the whole point of the showstopper I either like it or I hate it <laughs> it, it, it makes you not want to talk anymore just to yep. kind of sit it, it in a down the brain uh, so on this one I want to talk to you about the most epic tug of war of all time I was trying to find a way to segue. We're we'll like, oh, sounds like a real fight, real, real tug of war, or something like that. But I couldn't figure a way to segue okay. from Spider-Man. Something out- his arm ripped off. Two people lost oh, the leg. <laughs> because on October twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven, a mass tug of war contest was held in a park along the Keelong River in Taipei. Uh, this is a area in the kind of it's, uh, it's in Taiwan, basically. Um, but it's uh, the anniversary of the end of Japanese uh, colonial rule over Taiwan. The like, Japan had a very long period of just taking shit, and yeah, they, Taiwan dead. was part of it. Um, there were about a thousand five hundred people involved in the contest, and together they exerted a force of eighty thousand kilos. Jesus
1: Christ! The uh, say how many people were on either side of the rope? It'd be 50-50. You see, numbers wise. Uh, That's but, a shit ton of force. This is
0: about 1,500. Fucking hell. So there's a lot of force um, being exerted on a nylon rope that was uh, specced to take about 26,000 kilos. So again, it's a tough rope. Yeah. But they maxed it out by at least three. So three times the force ro- that Fucking this rope could hell. take. Only thing is, the two front guys wrapped the rope around their arm. Oh. So they get a bit of perch or like pull from the twisted rope around their arm. Yeah. Only thing is when the rope snapped there's a repercussive force and the pulling or the, the effect of the rope being like pulled and then stretched and then snapping ripped their arms off.
1: Jesus Christ man.
0: I went looking for the description of how you described it. I couldn't really, I can't remember the exact name for it but the, uh, this type of force used to like pull stretch and like being held in place and then snapping ropes is usually used to refer to when, like, when you have a boat at a dock, mm. and then it's it's tied on to the the uh, the dock. And it's moored. Yeah, when it's moored in place, the this is the equivalent force of a um the rope being like snapped when you, like if the seas were absolutely raging, and the boat itself is being pulled out by the ocean. <laughs> this is where the term for that kind of torsion of the rope and then the snapping effect comes from. Jesus. It's ridiculous. Eighty thousand. Kilos hell. of force applied to her and it snaps. And I'm not going to show you the photos. Yeah, I saw don't. them. <laughs> now uh, I won't sleep tonight. <laughs> I saw them. Now I have a very bad series of hand job jokes. now <laughs> 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 Um, there was also the, the simplest of one. How is this for a hand job? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an extended hand job. It, it, it designed to make your mom. Just you go. Oh, that's wrong. It looks like you ever see when like when people disassemble mannequins. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's straight. just gone. Oh, it's, they actually reattached both arms. Right, really? uh, both of them needed. I so, think, is it taken off from the shoulder or from the elbow? It's just above the shoulder. Right. So we're, we're talking just, by this, the there, middle of the arm, down. middle of the arm down. Uh, they apparently each required about eight hours of microsurgeries to reattach the limbs, fuck. but both men have re uh, reattached and have full use of their arms now which i got to say is a fucking miracle. Yeah,
1: when did when did they get their arm sheath attached
0: 1996 1997? 97. I mean, that's that's a hell of a fe- Yeah. Um and it just the i just thinking about the noise it would have made would have yeah. been just fucking horrific the actual a,
1: flesh tearing.
0: I don't think you would have heard that. I think you would have just heard the bang of the rope and then you'd look down and realize oh fuck i've just lost my arm. Yeah.
1: That'd be like in a the beach blast noise. You just yeah. look down. Where the hell is my arm? Look
0: down like Saving Private Ryan. Like nah, what the fuck? <laughs> but I I, I Google this and I because it came up as like a thing that was posted on some Reddit thread and I was like, yeah, bullshit. No, it's rude. confirmed. <laughs> <fucking> sorry, <laughs> confirmed story. But I remember like Associated Press or something like that. I was like, oh my god. And I was like, well, there's no way there's any. Oh god, there's photographic evidence. Oh fuck. <laughs> so yeah that was my showstopper was uh you can actually sever an arm with a rope if you have 80,000 kills worth of force being put on Jesus. it Jesus it's fucking immense so
1: I bet the, the best way to give that guy PTSD is to dangle some rope at just, just chase the- no. nylon rope <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, just make like whipping like whip snap and just <laughs> 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 who's doing that <laughs> y'all grounded <laughs> just like he just wakes up, from this, wake up and they're like ah, fuck nylon rope <laughs> <laughs> so uh I've been Colin Graham. I've been Dom Anderson. Uh, we've been talking Jibberfish and you can follow us on Twitter at Jibberfish or uh, you can email the show at jibberfishpodcast at gmail.co.uk yep. or .org, or .org.
1: government we're going to become a government organisation.
0: Payport is in the mail. Yeah. So. Right and crew. and crew. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Every time. Right. Uh, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode.